through is the only way. It's very few things where I'll say only or always or never. Through is the only, it is the way. You don't have to go through now, but to get to X here, there is a through. The whole point of, of hiring a coach who not only knows the concept or has read some really great books, that can be nice at some level, but who has gone through the hellfire mm-hmm. is because when you are facing the door of the hellfire and you realize that every fucking thing that you want, the epic ecstasy and uh, erotic intimacy and success and finances and impact and real meaning is on the other side of that fucking hellfire. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. On today's podcast, we have the incredible Dominique Drew, and we had an incredible conversation, lots of laughs, and I feel like I might have talked more in this one than she did. Sorry in advance, but we <laughs> we still had a ton of value and a ton of takeaways, like how changing the lens will make you see the truth in your life, why events are neutral, and why interpretation is a choice, how the thoughts that we're thinking will dictate the actions and the words that we choose to use, where to start to find a relationship with your subconscious, how your path to success is already mapped out. All you need to do is be willing to listen to it. Why through is the only way, what it means to play small versus big, how your level of healing doesn't have to match your level of trauma. I share my secret on how I get through challenges and difficult scenarios on a daily basis in just 90 seconds. Why winning the game of life is simply a matter of fully playing it and so much, so much more. And so there's lots of laughs in this one. There's lots of takeaways, and I'm excited to hear your takeaways. But without further ado, I'm going to stop talking about the intro. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George show. And today I'm properly caffeinated, properly medicated, and properly fucking excited to have this new radiant ray of fucking Care Bear sunshine, a little bit of trucker energy on the show, because... I am, I'm super humbled. I'm super honored because I've gotten a chance to just chit chat with this guest for the last 15 minutes before we hit record. Uh, feels a little kindred spirity and I don't have one of those like crazy off the top freestyle intros because I don't know her entire history and her background, but she intrigued me, reached out and I was like, let's do a show. And so today I am joined by the incredible, the one and only Dominique Drew. Dominique, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm so excited to dive into the mind of George. I know. I'm, I'm stoked to have you. This is really about the mind of Domini, though. And I, <laughs> I do have this proclivity sometimes to like take over my own show. And then I get really self-conscious about it. And then I ask everybody if I did okay. And they're like, I didn't even <laughs> notice. And so I probably don't talk too much, but I'm really self-conscious about it. <laughs> Yeah, but this well, gets will, to be. I'll, be sure, I'll give you like a, a smackdown type of uh, uh, <laughs> indicator from my side anytime you're overstepping. Oh, you can <laughs> yell at me. You can stop me. You can do. You can do whatever you want to do. But I'm. I'm with stoked a, with a subtle non sequitur. Like, uh, anyway, back to me. And yeah, right, right, subtle. And I will take all the feedback. And my wife's like, I've been telling you this, and I'm like, I know you're always right. 
I just need to hear it from 8 million people. And there's an entire podcast episode in that alone. So we'll leave that for another day. So oh my God. I love let's it. make, let's make today about you. Let's make today about you. And, and I'm, I'm actually really, really excited uh, because this is going to be like me hearing this story for the first time as well. And based on how you show up now and how you operate now and just like even our banter back and forth, I'm like, oh, she figured out the game. I like this one. But I'm assuming it would be a safe presumption to say that the game hasn't always been figured out so easily. And so would you mind for context for everybody kind of giving the evolution of Domini Drew? Like, how did you get started? Where did you come from? What led you to entrepreneurship? And then land the plane with like, what do you do now? And what fucking magic do you care bear into the world every day? Hell yeah. What an intro. I will take that shit. Um, I love it. I love that that it that radiates out for me that I figured out the game because I, I have figured out the game. Uh, it took me about 20 years um, of like just slowly and painstakingly peeling back every just like layer of, of trauma and, you know, human bullshit. Um, and I say I've, I figured out the game without any you know, uh, ego or arrogance to it because it's, I'm not special that I have. I've simply learned the trick and now I teach other people the same trick. Um, and that's really, really very important because oftentimes, um, when we, when we see somebody who has what we want, right, either your level of success, my level of personal evolution and, and, and fulfillment, you know, you go, oh, well that's, of course they have that, but I could never have that because there's a gap between where they are. You, I'm sure you come across this all the time. Oh, and yeah. so it's so, so, so important to know that I am, I am not, I, I'm awesome, but I'm not special. I'm not mm. different than another human. I am the end result when a human is, you know, peels back all these layers of just, uh, crap is kind of the spiritual term for it. Um, uh, and what it, what it really is, is misconception is, is, is a shift in perspective, a shift in perception. Um, uh, and, and when you, when you peel it back far enough and you step in without fear into who you are, you, you naturally radiate. That's, that's, that's what happens, um, uh, every time. So, um, my journey actually began, um, when I was about 19 years old and I was, um, a mess. <laughs> uh, I looked nothing like I do now. My physical body has completely changed. Uh, even my face, my hair is totally different. Ladies, let me just tell you what I'm showing up with like, like, like people say I have mermaid hair, right? I do nothing to my hair anymore. And I used to have the most like kinky curled up. Give me a minute, George. The ladies are appreciating this because it's, it's, <laughs> amount, it's amazing the amount of time <laughs> that I, I put into my hair because it was just frizzy and it was a mess and it was, it was this, this issue, right? And that's, it's really how every aspect of my life was, right? Everything seemed like a struggle. First of all, I was deeply insecure, deeply, deeply insecure. I was riddled with self-hatred. I was fearful all the time. I was depressed. I was on medication when I was about 17, 18. Um, I was suicidal when I was a teenager. And all of that simply because it, I couldn't tolerate being me. So I had these voices in my head that were constant and they weren't like fucking cheerleading, right? They were in there like telling me how much better everybody else was without even knowing that person. They just walked down on the street and I'm like, yep, that person's better than I am. Like it just, you know, it, it made, made no earthly sense. But, you know, as we know, it's like it was deeply, deeply convincing. And it got worse and worse. Um, and finally, I went to this uh, weekend workshop um, in a modality called Pathwork, which is very little known. Um, even people in this field don't really know it. Um, 
highly evolved uh, healers tend not to be great marketers. <laughs> so often you tend not to, to hear about the ones, even though they're like really advanced. Anyway, I went to this workshop and honestly, I transformed more in one weekend than I thought humanly possible. Mm. And uh, we were talking earlier, I didn't swear at the time because I wasn't brave enough because there was just fear, like, like literally like in my cellular structure, there was fear. Um, but essentially my whole system went, um, I would like more of this, please. Let's go. Let's do this. And I dove in and I did that school intensively for four years. I went to an energy healing school intensive for four years. I got a master's degree. I mean, I just like, I just kept at it because suddenly I could see a way out of what I was experiencing that wasn't killing myself. Yay. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as I went through that process, what was happening was, um, as, 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 as humans, we, we develop, you know, we talk about, uh, programming or talk about trauma that we have when we're young. Well, all of those are ways to get to the actual point. The actual point is you have a lens on your eye. Okay. It's like a contact. You don't know it's there. Um, everybody has one. Everybody's is different. It's why we all think we see the same world, but actually everybody sees a different world from each other. And so this lens is, is how you see the world, yourself, life, others, relationships, dogs, everything. Right. And so as I peeled back the layers, I was able to see, I've trained myself to see my lens. So I could tell that, oh, oh, I'm seeing this as my, this is my physical body, but really there's this whole story behind what I'm just perceiving. So even in this one, you know, exchange of light in, in, in a glance, this whole weight of story, oh, my body's too big. Oh, it was doing this. Oh, it's too far left and it should be right. You know, all the things that, that so many of us do all the time. And so gradually, as I was seeing that it was my lens, I realized it wasn't absolute truth. Mm. And I kept doing that and doing that and doing that and doing that and doing that. And gradually the layers fell away. And as that happened, I stepped fully and initially with trepidation, but gradually with fearlessness into the essence of who I am. And I can stand there now without any fear of what may have happened or what did happen before. And instead, and from that place, I'm able to simply um, radiate beingness. I love it. Okay. So since we don't have a seven-hour podcast to dive into <laughs> Could this, we, though? Could we? We, we, we? we could. We totally, <laughs> totally could. Uh, and people listening to this are known for me being like, yeah, we'll do a 90-minute webinar. And then seven hours later, I'm still talking. So I don't know if <laughs> they might have a trigger wound around this one. But there are so many beautiful nuances to many things that you said. But I want to... I want to chunk it down a little bit for everybody because I, I, I translate and I speak what you're speaking. But when you talk about this, this lens, right, are we talking about like a paradigm, the way that we see the world? Okay, cool. So can you break that down for everybody, for an example, just so people wondering, because I, I would love to hear, you know, like you're 19 years old, right? You're like, okay, cool. Which by the way, you had like a 20 year head start on me because I think I was about 35 years old when I was finally like, oh, this gets to be different. Yeah. Um, and I was like, paradigm, what's that? Yeah. I don't understand my, what my biased views of the world. No, no, this is just how the world is. Right. Yeah. And um, it took me a long time to understand that. So can you break that down for people? So they kind of have an understanding of when you say like, 
you were seeing it one way, but then you were able to see it a different way. Can you break that down for everybody? Absolutely. So this exists on pretty much every level of the human system. Um, a, a paradigm is like a, a, a template in which you live, right? You see the world through uh, a certain um, through a certain uh, lens, a certain angle, mm-hmm. right? And your angle is colored by your past experiences and who you are, your preferences, your you know, the input when you were young, all the stuff that people know psychologically colors who you are. I'm just dropping a level below that and showing you how it's actually shaped. So you know that like, oh, I'm, I always attract men who do X, Y, and Z. And you know that underneath why you do that is psychology. So beneath that is this lens that I'm speaking about. It's how you see the world, which leads to what you believe about the world, which leads to what you attract in the world. So um, it's, it's essentially your your story, right? If a dog uh, comes down the street, um, I might get really scared because I've got a past experience with dogs. And to me, dogs are fucking threatening creatures and I have a cortisol response, mm-hmm. right? That is because of my past experience. I see dogs a certain way. I don't like dogs as a result, okay? All of that meaning is put onto a thing that simply is. Dogs simply are. They aren't good or bad. Some people like them. Some people don't. That's the description of the person, not the dog. The dog is simply a, a, a thing. It, it is, right? Um, somebody else might absolutely love dogs. They have a different experience. So they're seeing it from a different angle. So something on your lens says, I hate dogs. They're scary. Life is scary. I'm making, I'm making little leaps, but you can see where this sort of comes from. Because mm-hmm. if that's scary and this other thing is scary, then it's probably this underlying thing of, you know, maybe I'm unsafe, Mm-hmm. And if we, let's say, carry that, um, we'll use mine, for example. I uncovered one of my sort of, everybody has about maybe two or three sort of core underlying statements and their assumptions um, because uh, the, from, from experience we had when you were young. So you have an experience and then what children do is they generalize. They mm-hmm. don't understand that their life is simply what it is. They generalize, oh, life is this way. People are this way men are this way, women are this way, right? All of those are templates in which you live. And the problem is that when I look for a relationship, but I'm coming from it from the awareness that ladies, we all know men don't like to commit, right? Right? That's a, it feels like an old one now, but like that's, that's what everybody always said, right? And mm-hmm. so you're carrying that around. So you're working harder to make them commit. You're expecting them not to commit, you're, and, and in so doing, in subtle ways, you're inviting men who don't, mm-hmm. right? You're proving yourself correct. And so the templates, it's, it's, it, it's a bitch, right? Yeah. But we think that's just reality. Well, everybody knows. And of course, all your friends you've attracted because they're, uh, they're, 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 um, they collude with you, right? They're in agreement with you. And so then they all go, yeah, of course, everybody knows that. And of course, then you keep proving yourself right. See this man, this man, this man, rather than being like, oh, I seem to. So here's, so here's a, a, a trick to get out of this, okay? Yep. Rather than looking at it from your perspective and saying, God, the last five men I've dated have cheated on me. Men must cheat. If you shift that around and go, huh, that's interesting. The last five men I've been with have cheated on me. I wonder why I am attracting men who cheat. So in one very simple, and this is a very simple exercise, in one simple go, you shift from victimhood to empowerment. 
Yep. One statement. Now this has gone from, this is just how men are. You're a victim. You can't fix men. Right? Two, God, I, I seem to have this pattern in my life. I wonder what that's about. Now it's a problem we can define and it's a problem you can fix. So huge. So I was about to say huge paradigm shift. So can you yeah. see how that changes the paradigm? That's what I mean by paradigm. Yeah. And I love it. And I'm so glad that you did that. So for everybody listening, I'm going to give like a pretty quick bow and summary on this one. So it sets a foundation for what Dominique's going to talk about because we, we've talked about this in the past, right? And by the way, men don't have commitment issues. Just, I'm going to clear that up on the podcast right now. This is not a men bashing, but that's her story. But uh, I will no, say that's that, also not my story. That was just no, example. not your story. It was an example, yeah. but I, I, I'm saying I'm going to give some people some other examples. And, and trust me, I know plenty of men with commitment issues. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, women as well. And yeah, so, it, but, but it's an interesting concept. And when this concept was taught to me in 2010, it was in my personal development trainers course. And it was the concept that I struggled the most to, to fully, fully grasp. And the undertow was that events are neutral. Our interpretation is our choice. And <laughs> You know, you know, we talk about like Jocko on this podcast and his book, 100% Extreme Ownership, like 100% responsible 100% of the time. That's also a personal development concept because it puts you in a state of awareness to audit the entire current state. And, and to add on to what Dominique was saying is what ends up happening is when we have a belief of the world, right? Like, for example, I see this in entrepreneurship and I'll use two, two shining examples. I meet thousands of entrepreneurs who assume because their previous launch made a million dollars that the next launch without any changes will automatically make a million dollars. That's the lens when it's so positive, it becomes dangerous because all you tend to see is how you operated before and you miss the facts of the game. And then on the other side is we'll have a, well, I've launched this or somebody else launched this product. So if I do it, it's going to work. And all these really are, are these subtle, and imagine that you have blinders on, convenient information to edify the confirmation bias that exists. Because when we have a belief system about the world, and that's how we see the world, our brain tunes our reticular activating system into that distinction. And then when we look at situations, when we hear conversations, when we're in meetings, when we're doing research, we're doing it under the lens of that bias without catching that there is a bias there, which turns into operating in a way that attracts more of that energy because we're not really in control. Our subconscious belief is in control and it becomes an anti-magnet because when we focus on what we don't want, we get more of it. And so this, this challenging of the lens is really an easy way to summarize it for everybody is that every moment of your life, in your business and entrepreneurship, in your relationships, is having a way to remind yourself to have childlike curiosity and pretend that you don't know. Pretend that you don't know the reason, that you don't know that that's necessarily true, but being open to explore it. And what it does is it removes the blinders to allow you to see the field in front of you. And Domini nailed this. And the, the most important part that we can get from all of this is the perspective is the biggest secret to winning the game. Because at that point, you're met with, what did I do that that worked, that I liked, that I want more of? But how was I showing up or how was I being or how was I speaking with the things that created a result I didn't like? And you're like, I'm going to adjust those. And then you're like, well, what's missing? And you have this roadmap of behaviors, of habits, of rituals, of embodiment practices that allow you to change your frequency 
and how you show up, which water falls out. Would that be a fair summary, Dominique? Yeah, I would say so. I would say that um, that if you if it's possible to even go a level below behavior, behavior is what you can notice because you can see yes. it. But as you said, the issue lies by definition in the subconscious. Yep. Why by definition? Because if you knew what you were doing that was giving you results you didn't want, you'd change it. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. So you know it's not, it's not something you're aware of. So there's a matter of making that subconscious piece into your consciousness. Then you can define the problem. Then you can solve it. Oh, and don't worry. I'm just teeing you up for answering that question right now. So I'm, <laughs> I'm totally laying the foundation for you right now. Like, consider me like your biggest hype man. Um, and, and my dear friend Sharon Lecter talks about this all the time. And it's a powerful concept of just understanding that the thoughts that we're thinking will dictate the actions and the words that we choose to use. And so finding these awarenesses and, and, and even in one of the most empowering things you said, whether it's uh, I've hired three employees and they've all been fired for the same reason, or I've gone to three different jobs, but yet my boss is identical to I'm in a relationship with three different men, but they all ended the same is, is what we're given is we're given all this pattern recognition, but we have to have the ability to observe it and look at it from a place objectively, lack of better terms, 30,000 foot view to say, oh, yeah. if I'm 100% responsible and I chose this action and it created this result, well, then I come back to align to a different action. And so I love that. So now Huge. I'll actually tee you up perfectly for this one because I think it's a perfect opportunity to go into this. Um, you know, for me, you know, as an entrepreneur, I'd made millions, I'd lost millions, I'd, I'd on paper succeeded with everything that I had, but there was always a cap. There was always a, a ceiling mm -hmm. to my results. It was like everything I would touch would like literally make the same number every single time. And then the business would hit the same level and then it would magically break. And it took me five years to realize that I was the one breaking it. And I was uncomfortable when things were working because I was so addicted to chaos that I was more comfortable when things were broken. So I'd make the money and then I'd break everything. So I had some energy to respond to. And it wasn't until I really understood this concept. And, and it took me years of going to personal development conferences, doing breath work and plant medicine modalities and healing and coaching. And then one day it clicked. And I was like, oh, everything in front of me is a reflection of how I think and see the world. And I keep recreating these behaviors. And so that was a big moment for me. And so I think foundationally what, what you've alluded to already, Dominique, is huge just around understanding that just because we see the world one way doesn't mean it's an absolute. Yeah. It means that that's our current view of yeah. the world. But in that view, we can explore it. We can have curiosity and we can ask ourselves other questions and different distinctions that give us clarity. But you, you talked about something very, very powerful, which is very true for me as well, is that I would tell you all day I was doing it right, Dominique. No, here's what I'm doing. Here's how I'm embodying it. Here's my morning practice. Here's my thing, except I was too busy doing and not being that I wasn't embodying anything. And it's because those subconscious layers were just operating when I wasn't consciously thinking. And so how and where do you even begin to start to find the relationship with your subconscious, to start to notice your default behaviors, to start to have an awareness because you have to have an awareness before you change them. So I'm going to shut my mouth, Dominique, and I'm just going to let you riff because I'm excited for this one. I'm so, so glad you shared that. That is such a beautiful um, unfolding of exactly what we're, what we're talking about. 
right? Mm -hmm. Especially for you, because you are, if I may, the expert yeah. entrepreneur, right? This yep. is this is your jam. This is your shit. You're this, you're, you know, your 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 skill set. And isn't it interesting that right where your skill set is is right where the issue is taking place as well? There's always that, um, you know, synchronicities are, are are always there as well. Where do you start? The only place you can start is the things of which you're already aware, mm -hmm. right? Um, we we have no um, capacity to operate in our, in our subconscious, right? That's the definition of the subconscious. There's power there. It's running the show behind the thing. Absolutely. But, but we can't go in and tinker with it. That's right. Once you could tinker, it's in the conscious mind. And so notice what you're aware of, right? You saw over five years that the same pattern kept happening. It's always patterns, you guys. Mm -hmm. It's always patterns. So it's not, uh, bad luck. It's not a string of bad bosses. It's not, your bosses are perfect. They're perfect for you. They're showing that relationship that's pissing you off is perfect for you. Right. And it all comes down to what you're carrying. So that first ownership piece, you're so right. hundred percent responsibility. I love the title of that book. That is killer. Yep. I like that. It just comes at you like a tidal wave. Like, no, it's definitely you. I even did an episode of my podcast. It's like, cause I was for men and dating and it was just like, it's not her, it's you. Yep. <laughs> and yes, yep. I could write the same book for women and be like, it's not him, it's you. <laughs> I, we can write the fortune cookie of life that says it's nobody else but you. That would summarize Spoiler it up Spoiler alert, it's you. Spoiler alert, there's the secret, it's you. <laughs> and that is something that at an, at an earlier sort of level of development, people have a really hard time accepting. What do you mean it's my fault? That's sort of like the child, like, oh, there's good and there's bad and there's... It's it's so much more colorful than that. It's so much deeper, so much more, more profound, so much broader, expansive than that, right? Plant medicine. Plant medicine gives you an experience of expansiveness. It's a closer experience to your real uh, nature of, of mm -hmm. the essence of you than when you're sort of focused on the, the human realm. Um, and that's why it's so eye-opening for people when they, when they, in general, when they first do it. So... You know, and, and, and entrepreneurship is the perfect journey. Entrepreneurship is like, I don't have kids, but to me, it's like, that, that's my child. Like my business is my child. And I learned like a lot of the things that people say about their kids, I find myself saying about my business. It's been the best um, area of self-growth for me because it's something I really want. Finances, absolutely. I'm excited about that, but mostly global impact. That's something I incarnated for. I'm here to do exactly this right? Which is one of the reasons that really lights me up, right? Because I'm like in mm -hmm. super alignment with what I'm, what I'm here to do. So, um, so the realms and the layers, they all work together, but you have to look for the pattern. Okay. Um, imagine for just a moment, just imagine that what we're saying is true. You don't even have to believe it or buy into it or whatever, but imagine for just a second that every single detail of your life has been created by you consciously or not. It's been created by you. Right. So let's say um, I'm uh, let's say I'm someone who who thinks I'm stupid. Right. I have issues around my intelligence and I walk down a street and somebody walking down the other way tells me what an idiot I am. OK, that's really going to hurt. Ow. I can't believe they said that. She, it's like she saw right through me. She knew I was I was stupid. Right. There's all this all of this reaction happens in my body. If, though, I'm walking down the same street and I have zero issues around being 
intelligent. I'm like, I have, I have, you know, absolutely. I know I'm intelligent. Couldn't care less. No big deal. And somebody walks down the street and goes, you're an idiot. Then my response will be something like, Ooh, she's having a rough day. Right. It doesn't land. There's nothing for it to grab onto. Right. It, again, you sort of see, like, it's easy to see that place from victimhood. Well, anybody would be upset if you called somebody called you stupid. I can't believe they said that. You're colluding, but it's in victimhood. You can't fix anything from that position. But if you go, why did that upset me so much? Great. That means there's something that they touch. This is huge in relationships. I work with people with relationships a lot, right? And just like you were talking about that filter, I was thinking about that between between a couple, right? One person mm-hmm. is speaking to the other, and the other person is filtering that shit so hard. <laughs> They're getting a totally different story. Mm-hmm. Fun little, um, very useful little trick in that situation, by the way. When you say something and the other person has a response that was maybe not quite what you'd intended, ask them what they just heard. Mm-hmm. And you will almost never get the same words back. Okay, can we, I'm, I'm going to pause your train of thought because I can't Please. drive over that and let that be in the past because that is so powerful for everybody listening. So I'm going to, I'm going to summarize what you said, both sides. So number one, for me, uh, what you alluded to, I call the purple dinosaur test. And so this was a concept that was taught to me a long time ago when I was in personal development and I wanted to win the game, right? I'm like, no, no, I'm the best in this game. I'll recruit (laughs) more people. I know the distinctions. I have the curriculum memorized. Did you do it? Did you win? I did. I, well, I won and I won a very valuable lesson in the process <laughs> because I got checked pretty, pretty hard. And the purple dinosaur is what checked me. And um, one of the instructors would say something intentionally to trigger me. And I would get really animated and really defensive and start pleading my case. And then I would be all uppity, uppity. And she'd stop me for a minute and she'd be like, you're a purple dinosaur. And my energy would completely shift. And I'd be like, no, I'm not. And she's like, but notice the difference. And I was like, oh, shit. And so I started playing with this concept. And I would notice that when my wife would give me feedback or my team would give me feedback, if there was ever reaction in my body, the only reason that I felt it is because it pattern recognized a belief in my subconscious. And so if there was any reaction, and I mean anything, a breath, a pause, a face, a movement, a jerk, or anything, I started to recognize that there was truth to what they were saying. And my Mm. response was my aversion to my potential. It wasn't that I was afraid of six, that I was afraid of failure. It's that if I truly embodied this feedback, then I would go to success, but success was scary because it's something I never felt. And so I now give myself the purple dinosaur test all the time. And I have clients reach out to me and they're like, hey, I have some feedback and I'll hear it. And if there's any response in my body whatsoever, I'm like, they are 100% right. I need to Mm. hear this. I get Mm. to ask questions. I get to understand it. And I get to ask them things like, hey, what did you hear when I said that? Or how did this make you feel? Or, And then not here's my intention and here's all the evidence as to why I did it. So I'm just gaslighting you. But like, help me truly understand. And then from that perspective, I'm like, oh, wow, my intention was this, but what was created was this. Yeah. Oh, if I make these two small tweaks, then my intention will match kind of what I want them to feel. And so when you said that question, Dominique, it needed a whole lot of weight behind it. So for everybody listening, this is one of the 
whether you study Imago dialogue or relationships or family structure dynamics or whatever train of psychology that you've come down, personal development or woo-woo to get here, everybody's having a unique experience. And it's not our job to agendize our experience onto everybody else's. It's our job as leaders that are 100% responsible 100% of the time to have a current awareness of everybody else's interpretations so that we can adjust how we show up. And so I wanted to give some credence to that question, Dominique, because that's worth its weight in gold and admission alone. And I found as an entrepreneur, as a human, as a father, as a husband, anytime I can't ask myself because I'm so triggered, what did you hear? That is not the right time for me to have that conversation. That is not the right time to have that meeting, to have that talk with my wife, to have that talk with my 17-year-old daughter. That's an invitation to the commitment to myself to say, hey, what you just said triggered me and I don't have the capacity to see it neutrally. Is it okay if I go take an hour by myself to reflect on this so that I can come back to the table aware? And it's an invitation and in my opinion, and I would love to hear how this feels for you, what it feels like is that my path to success is already mapped out as long as I'm willing to listen to it, even when I'm uncomfortable. Does that land for you? Very much. Okay. Because in, in, in hearing you speak about this and for everybody listening, like, um, I get excited about talking to people. I get really fucking excited when it's something that like I've embodied and saved my life. And like having this conversation with you is very fun. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to give semblance on both sides for everybody listening when we're like, well, this example and my husband laughed or this one to get down into the weeds. But, but that, that's what I've learned in my experience with this. And so I just, I really want to edify just the power in that question that you said. It, it is one of the most prou- profound and simple statements that carries the weight of itself in gold when applied Absolutely. into practice. And so I just, I really love that you called that out. And so that's why I paused you. I'm so glad. Um, and I just, I love what you did. I don't know, you know, those listening, if you'll notice um, what he did when he was, you know, when you were describing about your, um, uh, the, the, the shift in awareness, you felt the discomfort and you turned and zoned in on it. Like you're seeking, yes. you're seeking the discomfort. I mean, the, yes. the, I could feel it came up in your field. Actually, you could see it. I could see the, yep. the, the energy come out, like rise up like a fire because you're lit up by that next level of challenge. That, by the way, is the, um, for you personally, is the um, uh, healthy channel of that, um, the impulse you were talking about before where you distorted, where you kept sabotaging your business because it wanted to go forward. That's the healthy part of it. You're like, oh, well, here's a challenge because I just felt something. What did I just feel? Okay, let's go looking for it, right? The same light comes up in you, but one thing early on, you were afraid of it, you stopped it, and now you've stepped truly into it. Well, and, and truth be told, like I I basically, and you're going to laugh your ass off because I do have kids, right? I have a 17 year old daughter and a six year old son. I can relegate every successful thing as an entrepreneur to a children's book that I've read to my six year old. No joke. (laughs) No joke. Like I've paid millions of dollars for coaching and consulting and I could go back in time and I could delete all of it. And if all I did was read like seven or eight of his children's books on repeat, I'd get the game. And there's one in particular, and it's about a bear through the woods. And the one line that's repeated a hundred times in the book is you can't go over it. You can't go around it. You can't go under it. You must go through it. 
And I read this book to my five and six-year-old about chasing this bear in the woods. And I was like, the amount of profound wisdom in this path of being a heat-seeking missile for <laughs> those triggers is blowing my mind. But it really, really boils down to that for me. And, and I think I want to ask you about this because this is something you do. You, you really help people discover who they really are. And, and in that, it finds and lays out this roadmap for their success, right? And, you know, for me, when I struggled, and, and we'll use that pattern of me sabotaging business, and everybody listening to the show knows the story, right? I had a multi-seven-figure food blog up, down, and I drove it into the ground until I gave it away because it was no longer aligned with me at the core and then ended up having massive success. But the challenge was is that the behaviors that I was taking. And I, and I want your thoughts on this because I feel like you're primed to answer this. Um, and I've, I've solved this, but I think it's valuable for everybody listening. In the early stages of my entrepreneurial career, I had convinced myself that what I was doing every day was for me, but it was really for the world's perception of me. And mm. there was a lack of alignment. And so even when I was intentional about where I spent my time, it wasn't coming from a place of this is who I am, who I want to be, or how I want to show up. It was coming from a place of this is who I think the world wants. This is what the world will respond to. And this is a really easy way to keep the world out of the intimate details of my life. But it wasn't conscious. And so I would keep hitting these ceilings. And the only reason the ceiling was there is because I'd hit the capacity of what I could create with everybody else's visions in the world but I never gave myself the space to ask me about mine. And I know one of the things that you help people with is, is really, really aligning to like who they are and, and, and where they start and what they become. So like, what does that process look like? And, and I have my own, but I would love to hear your thoughts and like, where does somebody even begin to find their voice, to find their message, to, to tune in to that, that state of being that's, that's truly for them, not because they're scared to cuss or let their parents down or, uh, because somebody else made a million dollars in 30 days, I have to as well. Like, where does somebody even begin to start that alignment process? I had a teacher in one of my schools who said once, there are three yous. There's the you everyone thinks you are. There's the you you think you are. And there's the you you really are. It It's... It's what we've been talking about this entire time. It's what, you know, we are exuding with our intention even beyond our words just in connecting together. It is the, it is a combination of starting to notice those patterns because that is the, that's the mark over the door. That's how you know which door it is. Okay, there's mm -hmm. something around my success because I'm stuck at six figures and I just can't fucking get to seven. It's a combination of that. And it's a combination of that and a shit ton of risk. Yeah. This work, ladies and gentlemen, is profound. It is real beyond what I had ever even experienced as real. It is the art of who you truly are. The art of authenticity is actually the name of my, of my program because it's about... What is underneath? What is the distinction between those three U's, right? The risk comes because, and I'll just be super real. I'll just be super real here. The reason this is 
rather intense work is because you are a beautiful house of cards that's been set up through learning and experience in your whole life such that you won't see certain parts of yourself, such that things, some things are neatly tucked away and put underneath the shelf. And you're doing great, by the way. <laughs> the problem is the house of cards, it's not that they'll get blown down easily. It's that they're a lot of effort to keep up. Mm-hmm. You don't even realize you're spending this effort. I didn't realize I was spending this effort either. I thought that was just how life was. I was literally addicted to um, extremes because I, on some level, didn't learn this till later, confused um, drama or struggle with life force. Mm-hmm. So while I didn't love the struggle, of course, there's negative pleasure. So in, in some ways, I, I certainly enjoyed it. Um, I, I didn't love it, but it was certainly better than no life at all. No question there. Right. So again, that, that was the lens. The lens said, this is, this is when you'll feel things. You'll feel things when things are hard. Right. That was comfortable for me. Now I, I, and I, and, and so when I say risk in order for me to let that down, that wasn't just like, Oh my God, I had such a great conversation with George. And you know what? I don't think I really need to struggle anymore. Like girl, this is, you know, this is not a conversation. This is not conceptual. This is in your cells. Mm-hmm. It is deep. It's deeper than belief too, but it's, it's deep, right? So I had to risk in order to even, in order to let go of, of struggle truly, while I had that association in my head, which started when I was, you know, however, a couple of years old, right? I needed to risk that I was right, if I had been right, and that was what I had known my reality to be for every moment of my entire life, that struggle equaled life, then to let go of that struggle meant I was risking death. Mm-hmm. And there is that. And there are people who have, it's, it's part of why the through is so important. I love that you said that, George. That was killer. The through is the only way. It's very few things where I'll say only or always or never. Through is the only, it is the way. You don't have to go through now, but to get to X here, there is a through. The whole point of, of hiring a coach who not only knows the concept or has read some really great books, that can be nice at some level, but who has gone through the hellfire mm-hmm. is because when you are facing the door of the hellfire and you realize that every fucking thing that you want, the epic ecstasy and uh, erotic intimacy and success and finances and impact and real meaning is on the other side of that fucking hellfire. You want somebody holding your hand who has been there Mm -hmm. and you can feel that I can, I could tell you, I could walk into a room full of strangers and tell you who's been there and who hasn't. And I bet you could too. I sure can. Because there's a feeling, there's a depth Right. So, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart, but like there's also kind of nothing else to do. And it's not like, you know, you're, you're jumping in, you're, you're thrown in in this way. You, you take it at your own pace. You take it as you're ready. This is, though, the journey of being reborn. You know, who are you really? And you can stay some version of yourself. There's no judgment. It's not even bad or good. Bad and good are human judgment, guys. That doesn't actually exist. It's just nope. a dog. Yep. <laughs> it's just a dog, right? So 
so you're 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 opening to yourself. Yeah, there's huge risk and there's huge life in that. You are given more life. People ask me why I radiate because I am open now to life. Mm-hmm. After having shut it off, little bits of it for all my excellent reasons, and I would have given you all my excellent good reasons <laughs> for a long time. The fact of the matter is, I had three emotions for for thirteen years. Just three. That was my emotional range. Narrowed it down. Those were the ones that were safe in my household. That was it, right? And next thing I know, I was you know I was suicidal, and I, I couldn't handle it anymore. Mm-hmm. So this is the this is the essence of. Everything. It's not just about making more money or having better sex or great relationships or a fantastic body. It's like, this is what you're here for, the sheer fulfillment. And then when you step into that, on the other side of that door, there is this realm that looks weirdly similar to the same realm you were just in, but this one's lighter without the weight you've been carrying since you were fucking two years old. And there's an effortless flow. As you said, you're following guidance. I run my entire business that way now. How bad shit is that? That is crazy, you guys. I follow what is effortless. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. I knew I liked you. Yep. Yep. And and I I love this. And you know, for everybody everybody listening, um, there were some lessons in here for me as well. You know, this concept of death, right? You'll hear this term floated around a tongue. If you if you've learned from Carl Jung. You'll hear about shadow work. If you're in the plant medicine world or consciousness world, you hear about ego death. Um, you know what it what it really boils down to tactically is that what got us here, and more importantly, who got us here, is not who is going to get us there. And there's this part, and and I have this is we would have to have a really deep conversation, most likely off podcast about quantum mechanics and string theory and. <laughs> shared meaning of life and Maslow's hierarchy of needs on this one. But in my opinion, and I've heard many people talk about this, to summarize it down is that post-industrial revolution, man lost their shared vision for meaning because prior to whether you felt like it or not, you still had to get food. You still had to get shelter. You still had to get fire. And now we live in a world where at the touch of our finger, we can dictate our environment. We can have food delivered. And it creates this space that didn't used to exist before. Mm-hmm. And that space feels very unsafe. And this is my belief on this. That space feels very unsafe. And so in that space, the easiest thing to grasp onto to sense the reality and what we call the matrix is the current identity that we are operating under because it's predictable and it's there. But the new version of us is unpredictable. We don't know what it is yet because we haven't experienced it. We haven't said fuck yes effortlessly yet. And even flexing that muscle almost feels impossible at times because it's not because almost feels impossible time, not because we can't flex it, but we're so conditioned over some range of 20 to 25 to 30 to 35 years to only flexing the remembering muscle rather than flexing the what can I create muscle and who can I be muscle. And Sadhguru talked about this in an interview with Mike Tyson, one of my favorite interviews of my life. Mike Tyson interviewed Sadhguru. I could not think of like (laughs) Big Bang Theory in real life, except in that interview, when Mike Tyson is interviewing Sadhguru. And Sadhguru talks about this in a very simple way. And and I'm going to lead this into a question for you. A very, very simple way, and he explains that one of the craziest things about our existence is that 
no one will go buy an iPhone and then not open the instruction manual to figure out how to use it. No one will go buy that new makeup thing or that new house thing. And unless you're a really crazy dude with commitment issues and you won't open the instructions, which used to be me, but now I gladly read the instructions. Um, I try to find the owner's manual. I try to find the shortcuts to help me understand what's in front of me. But yet we're, we're, we're issued, for lack of better terms, this existential meat suit floating on a rock and ball in space. Whether you think it's a fucking sphere or flat, I don't give a shit. But trying to explain it, but yet when we're issued this vehicle, we spend all of our time learning how to drive it by letting the rest of the world tell us what it looks like, tell us what it's capable of. And we don't explore the inner workings of our vehicle. We don't know where the buttons are. We don't know where the switches are. And it's just because we simply haven't allowed ourselves the space in an attention commodity market to focus our intention on ourselves instead of the world demanding it from us all the time. That's my belief mm. at the very, very deep core. And so, you know, when I look at this game, I've made millions, I've lost millions, I run a company right now that's doing over $100 million a year. And on paper, it should not work. Like on paper, like on the playbook, it should not be doing what it's doing. And it took me a long time to figure out. And, and a dear friend of mine, former mastermind member of mine, Kayvon, said in this in one of his talks, and he said, what most people fail to recognize is that selling is just a transference of energy. And when he said that, everything collapsed down for me. And I realized that by not aligning to myself and not understanding my story and my subconscious patterns and where I was showing up in the world, that without that exploration, I had no control over the energy that was getting transmuted to the people that I spoke to. Hmm. And so deals would feel hard to close. It was this constant, am I going to lose this client? How long are they going to stick around? And when all of this came true and I realized that the more I explored myself, I had control over that energy. And now people ask me every day, why do people pay you seven figures with no contract and you spit in your hand and basically shake on it? And I'm like, it's that transference of energy. And you talk a lot about helping people play big instead of playing small and utilizing that energy and harnessing that energy. And, and I think as an entrepreneur, right? Number one, it's the, the, the number one shadow eradicator that exists on this planet. Mm. Entrepreneurship is 20 years of therapy packed into every single year <laughs> because you can't hide in entrepreneurship. But underneath it, I think what's missed is everybody goes straight to strategies and tactics rather than alignment and embodiment before applying those strategies and tactics. And I know you're big on helping people with their energy and transmuting the right run out into the world. And I would love the perspective of like, what does it mean to play small versus big? And then what are some of the ways that we can start aligning our states of being or our habits and rituals or our practices or even our mindset around starting to play with this different dynamic that will allow us not to die, just for the record, nobody's dying, <laughs> just to bury the person that you were yesterday, knowing that the moment you are blessed with another breath, you have a blank canvas to choose the man or woman that you're going to become today. And I would love you to riff on that if you wouldn't mind, Dominique. I love that. Um, I have an exercise I do with my my client called the amnesia exercise. Yes, exactly I love this. <laughs> Just drop it because we, we exist in the moment with an underlying assumption. Here's one as you're listening. See if you can recognize this. In this moment, 
there may be an assumption in you on some level that you need to be tomorrow some something, anything like what you've been for every day up until today. There's an assumption that we need to be tomorrow who we've always been or some version. You can change maybe, but a little bit. There's actually no relationship between tomorrow and yesterday that is not created by you. There is no necessary, there is no essential relationship there. And so with the amnesia game, just exactly as you're talking about, you drop your story. Mm-hmm. Right? If you woke up tomorrow and had no idea who you are, would you wake up with the same critical thoughts in your head about how little you got done or how you don't like your body? Or would you be like, ah, oh, my whole, everything in my body works. How amazing is that? I'm so excited. This is so mm-hmm. great. Perspective shift. Same body. Pers- same body. I, Except um, that if you keep waking up like and having those thoughts about it, it becomes a different body because you're infusing it with like love and acceptance and gratitude all the time, right? <laughs> for sure. And and I think there's so much power in the simplicity of what you're sharing. And I, and I truly love this. And I want everybody to listen to this and understand that it's simple. It doesn't make it easy. This doesn't advocate you from having ups and downs. No, that's called humanity and having a heartbeat. If your heartbeat was was predictable, you'd be dead, by the way, because that's the only time it never goes up and down, right? And hmm. so that's part of this human experience is is understanding that that part of the game. And, you know, when I think about this, it's like, and I'll use a, I'll use a tangible example. Um, I can count, I can count on one hand the amount of moments where I'm like, I nailed it with my wife and I would need a hundred people's fingers and toes to count all the fuck ups that I've made as a husband in the subtlest of ways, like the littlest inconsistencies or even as a father. But the truth be told, the moment my five-year-old or six-year-old son looks at me and says, daddy, that hurt my feelings. The moment that hurt his feelings is no longer touchable. I can't change it. I can't fix it. I can't go back and redo it. But the moment that I believe I can, I make the wound worse. Mm. The moment I recognize that I can't, And the only thing that will change is what action I take now. That's a position of power because what used to happen was, oh, I upset my wife and she'd get off the phone with me and then I'd get off the phone and I wasn't like, okay, here's the seven things I'm going to do different. I'm like, I'm such a bad husband. I'm a failure. My life is over. I'm losing all my money. My wife's going to leave me. But yet not once on the phone did my wife say she was going to leave me. She just simply said, I didn't make her feel good. Her feelings weren't right. And when I think about life, I think what I had to truly understand is that life is going to continue to happen whether I am giving it an input or not. And so it's going to move forward. That's really important. For everybody out there who struggles with control, that's the healing response. Yep. That realization yep. standing with both feet in exactly what you just said yep. is uh, massive. Yeah. And in, in combat, one of the things that we teach Marines, uh, and I was a Marine when we go into combat, one of the reasons we train so much and we drill so much, maybe it's for the fuck fuck games, but there's some practical application to it as well, is that when you're in a situation you've never been in, like let's say your buddy gets shot in the face or you get shot or you have shrapnel in your body or something along those lines, at that point no thinking happens, none. Mm. Your default practices take over. 
And the most important thing in those moments is to never freeze. It's to continue to take action. But we talk about shrinking our world as small as we can to where in that moment, there might be a thousand things happening outside of me, but I have absolutely no control over them. And if I try to, I'm going to be stagnated and eventually die. But if I can shrink my world down to what's the one thing I can do right now? What's the one thing I can do next? What's the one behavior? What's the one action? What's the one thing I can rely on? I'm guaranteed to make progress. And the more of those micro commitments I make, the more control, and that's a not the right word, but the more ability I have to influence the result around me increases the more that I practice this behavior. And it's so funny to me because if you were to ask me, hey, George, why are you successful? Like if you had to put one thing down on paper as to why you have the money and the success that you have, I want to do the same. I would say find every relationship in your life that matters and fix those first and every single thing in your business will follow suit. Because my wife, I care about so much that when she's upset, I know anything out of my mouth justifying grandizing, adding evidence, running it through my past is only going to further exacerbate the wound. But the moment I can hear what I did and then not have her tell me how to fix it, that's not her job. I caused it. My job's to listen and then guess basically what actions I can take. And what's funny is it doesn't matter whether my action works or not. It's the intention underneath my actions that creates yeah. a different result. It's that I actually choose to act differently. And in entrepreneurship, it's the same thing for everybody listening. And in my opinion, I think one of the most dangerous places that you can be as a human being is stagnating, overanalyzing, wondering, thinking, ruminating, just collecting evidence, which in the present moment, you're not being there because if you're collecting evidence, you're creating anxiety for the future. And if you're looking at all the things you did wrong, you're getting depression from the past. And all it's really doing is hindering your ability to take a step forward into something else. And so instead, we default to like, okay, well, what's the perfect way to play? What's the playbook look like so I don't fail? Failure's guaranteed. Mistakes yeah. are guaranteed. Roadblocks are guaranteed. But the only way to navigate them is to actually start. And so I don't know why, but every time you speak, it like inspires me to share part of my story, even though this is your interview and I'm so I'm deeply so glad. sorry. Oh, um, I'm so glad. Actually, I wanted to ask you, in those moments, you're talking about when you're a Marine and you're, and you're closing your world down, does that happen automatically? It does to a point, yeah. So like yeah. if we're doing like a seven-month deployment, we'll typically do 12 months of workups, which means during the week, every weekend, we're training like we're out there. We're training like we're out there. And that's so that behaviors like doing, uh, you know, trauma response when we're taught how to do that, when we're, when we're training in first aid, when we're training in mission control, we play every scenario out. Like what happens if there's nine of us and I lose eight of them? What would I do? Mm. And we drill it and we practice it. And so when those situations arise, what we call the wedge, Scott Carney calls the wedge, it's that autonomic nervous system response. Instead of it being triggered to frozen, it gets triggered into action so that you have that momentum and it buys you the clarity to look at, okay, what can I control, right? I might have five guys out that I can't get a hold of, but I have one guy next to me that with 30 seconds of first aid will save his life. 
So regardless of those five guys, directly in front of me is this guy. And then handle that. Okay, get comms up with everybody else. Connect with them there. And really, it's like finding, for a lack of better terms, the breadcrumbs from Jack and Jill to immediately bite on that keeps getting me closer and closer. And so it's default because of how much we train it. But really, in entrepreneurship, how it comes into play is having containers and having protocols and habits and rituals, not to-do lists, like states of being that are like, hey, this has happened three times. Okay, cool. So I have a model that I teach called the um, the SOS, the Save Our Ship model, right? And this has happened three times. But every time this happens, it throws me into a spinner for four hours or six hours or boom. So no matter what, I'm still going to get triggered. But you know what? It's happened before. So when it happens again, these are the three things I'm going to do immediately. And so then it's guaranteed to happen again. Like an employee is going to quit. I'm going to get in another lawsuit. I'm going to lose blank. I'm going to lose a company. Like it's all coming. And the reason isn't I don't fail because I don't know it's coming. I fail because I know it's coming and I fail to properly plan for what actions I can take that will eliminate the stagnation or the rumination. Mm -hmm. And so those same concepts have applied over into entrepreneurship for me to shrinking my world down as much as possible. And like, if you look at my schedule, I'm on the road for the next four months. I have 88 podcasts to do, a course to record, three events to put on, but none of those are getting done today. None of them. So I came into the office this morning. I FaceTimed my CEO. I was like, I have today until a client gets here. What do I need to nail today in order for us to keep moving towards our vision? And she's like, you got to do an interview with Dominique. You got to do two more podcasts and I need this video. And so all those things are still there. I know that they're there, but they're not taking up this subconscious anchor of like, I have to get them done. I have to get them done because they're not right now. And so I focus on what's right now that's going to build the foundation, the momentum towards all of those becoming a possibility. And if I leave here at noon and I'm all done, I fucking celebrate that I'm done. I don't go digging into the list of like, okay, but I could and I could and I could because that's going to prevent me from living and to be aligned with what I said and what I want to do. That means the moment it hits and I'm done, I've earned the right to go be that man that I tell the world, this is the reason I'm an entrepreneur, to spend Mm. time with my family, to create memories with my kids because the work as an entrepreneur never fucking leaves. I own eight companies. Like I could work 24 hours a day, seven days a week for an entire year, and I would still not get through my to-do list at all of them. And so it also creates this very powerful awareness of how I operate and how limited my energy is, but how intentional I must be when I use it. And it helps me focus on putting it towards the things that matter. And so that's kind of how I operate in that space. It's very interesting because in that same way, you're training the default. Like what struck me about that is that's something I didn't know about the human system because it's more physical and that's not my area of expertise, um, is that you can, you're, you're, you're training for a time when you're out of control because by definition, you know, that, that adrenaline Mm -hmm. kicks in, oh my God, people Mm -hmm. are getting shot. You have a human response, right? So they're training your, your system, your, 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 your training muscle memory. They're giving you a new muscle memory. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's fucking rad. Yep. Interestingly, when you finish at noon and you go live your damn life, you're training the default in the same way. Yep. Yep. And so with the neural pathways, they just lack the neuroplasticity because they're not flexed. And so 
our default 30 years, 35 years, 39 years comes in and we measure against that. And I had a big breakthrough about three years ago after a very deep, I think it was like my 17th or 18th ayahuasca ceremony. Hmm. And um, it was a beautiful night. And when I was done, I spent seven days in the jungle and I, I sat with Mother Aya four times, breathwork ceremonies, everything. And my journal <laughs> for all seven days was summarized into one sentence. And it simply said, your, la- um, <laughs> uh, the, your level of healing does not have to match your level of trauma. That was it. That was my whole takeaway, that my level of healing did not have to match my level of trauma. And what that meant for me is just because I was abused for 15 years or I was a bulimic for 17 years didn't mean that I needed 17 years of therapy. I could have, ah. I could mitigate it in one breathwork session, in one yes. journaling session, in one yes. prompt session. And I realized that a lot of my challenges weren't that I didn't have the tools or that I didn't know how to use them is that I had unrealistic expectations and I was setting myself up to fail before I even became using them. Because I was like, well, if I've been fucked up for 36 years, then I'm going to have to keep doing this every single day for the next 37 years, you know, yes. or like the whole thing. Like if you're in a relationship for 12 months and you break up, you need a, a week per month that you were like, shut the fuck up. Is okay? that a thing? Like, <laughs> oh, my, I heard, my daughter's 17. So I kind of hear all the things, right? Um but really what I started to find when I explored it, Domini, is that I was finding all of the things and the beliefs that I had that were actually just preventing me from taking a new action that would redevelop that neuroplasticity and those default behaviors. And so even yeah. my wife made a comment about three weeks ago, and my wife is a queen. She was a successful entrepreneur way before I was. And there was a lot on paper that seven years ago would have put me in a nervous breakdown, right? Like, you know, I've lost millions in the last two years. COVID shut us down, lost companies, had lawsuits, given back equity. And the, all this shit's happening. And she's like calling me melting down. And I walk in the front door and she's like, how the fuck are you smiling right now? And I was like, I actually don't know. It just feels like the only thing that's possible. <laughs> and how al- sacred a thing is that? And in alluding to what you're speaking to, it's not because I unlocked some game. It's not because I went and sat with a shaman and they gave me a secret. It's that for the last three years, every single time I've been met with a challenge, I set a timer on my phone and I give myself 60 to 90 seconds to fully feel the feelings. If I feel like crying, I cry. If I feel like laughing, I laugh. If I feel like yelling, I yell. And I allow myself to have my human experience. But the moment I'm through it and that timer goes off, I'm like, what's the one thing I can do that will mitigate this in the future? And so after three years of doing this, 30 times a day, 40 times a day, now it's like, hey, we just get hit with a lawsuit. It's going to cost us 75 grand a week. What do we do? And I'm like, give me a minute. And I went and I processed and I was like, all right, here's what we can do. And it's because it just has now become my default to where like I get sent tasks. I don't look at how can I get all these done. I'm like, what are the four that I can get done that fit today? And it changes the lens on how I see things and relate to things. And it, it's just a culmination. So for everybody listening to this, I'm bullish as fuck. And I know you're going to resonate with this. I tell everybody to celebrate wins every day, no matter how big or small. And at least three of them. I tell everybody to start their day with a five to 10 minute stillness practice. So when you wake up out of theta waves in sleep and you're the most unadulterated, authentic version of you, 
that you start your day with 10 minutes of existing in that beingness before you touch the world, right? And there's these little things that have added up. And now everyone's like, okay, I want to know how to do it. I'm like, I've been fucking telling you how to do it for three years. Like you just got to do it. But like anything in the brain, and I've had seven traumatic brain injuries. So for somebody who's experienced memory loss and bleeding on their brain and fluid on their brain and like thinking my brain can never be fixed and it's broken, that's not true. But if all I do is sit back and wait until that big distinction or I wait for that grand slam, I'm missing the way to win the game, which is how can I hit a base hit every day? How can I just walk for five minutes a day? Because at 365 days, that's whatever that math, some 1600 minutes that I wouldn't have walked if I waited until the conditions were perfect to go outside for my 20 minute walk. Mm -hmm. And it's just really about flexing that muscle. And that's been really huge for me. That's been really big for me. So thank you for asking me that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it's, uh, I like this with the, with the playing, the, the winning the game. It's like uh, life's a lot easier to win, I think, than people think. The problem is people think winning is a certain thing. It looks a certain way. But winning at life is fully playing it. So two things. I'm going to make a bold statement and I'm going to make an invitation. So bold statement, nobody has a marketing problem. Everybody has a relationship problem. Invitation that you come join me in Austin, Texas, March 9th through 11th for our Lighthouse Business Accelerator. Because where else are you going to learn how to build relationships with your team, with your customers, and with your peers that will get your clients more results? You will increase your revenue and increase your referral. Where else will you learn the best proven marketing strategies, tactics, and frameworks in a room full of people that are also addicted to playing rock, paper, scissors, but more on that later. And that's something you will not understand until you get to the event. I am not joking. It is going to be a party. We're going to be covering our proven and actionable strategies and tactics to grow your brand, your business, and followers without confusion and overwhelm. And the days of stressing about when the algorithm is going to change or is my content going to perform or trying to craft the perfect email campaign so it goes unclicked and unopened or doing work that leaves you burned out and exhausted because it's not moving the needle. All of those days, they're gone because in Austin, Texas, we are going to unlock the full potential of your business with actionable marketing tactics. We're going to talk about proven strategies on what's working right now with targeted breakout sessions with seven and eight figure entrepreneurs. We want to officially invite you to join the family because that's the vibe we've created with the Relationship Speed Algorithms movement. I'll be joined with some special guests, which will be announced soon. Maybe some of them, not all of them, because I have to keep my secrets. And we don't choose our speakers based on virality or on stage experience. We choose to have real people with proven track records of success and innovation based upon their business. And here's my rule. Every speaker is a friend, somebody I know, somebody I love that does business, ethics, and morals the right way and comes to the event committed to serve and support you. And that's their whole agenda. And we also have a brand new VIP day with me, my team, and even bonus speakers. So if you're ready to scale and learn frameworks that will work with any business, consider this your official invitation to the Lighthouse Business Accelerator. And just head on over to mindofgeorge.com so you can secure your seat in the Lighthouse Business Accelerator and maybe even win the world's most competitive rock, paper, scissors championship ever with some great prizes. But either way, we'll see you at the event. Winning is a certain thing. It looks a certain way. But winning at life is fully playing it. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. It's it. it and, and, and that's you, it. Fuck yes. Yes. Yeah.
Yes, and like I love Tim Grover's book on winning, but I love the principles in it more than like becoming Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. It's this if you really read that book from from Tim Grover called Winning, if you deduce it down to the core, it's a radical fucking unadulterated commitment to your potential and not allowing anything to get in the way. Yeah. It's Whatever about, that is. It's not about mowing people over or being yeah. super intense or shutting people out. It's that you get clarity on your win. What yeah. does that look like? And then you become unapologetically committed to it, not from the version that the world thinks you are, to tie it back to you, not from the version that you think you are, but from the version that you've probably only tasted once or twice a year when you feel like a fucking superhuman and you can't explain it why, that's what we're working towards. Yes. And it requires muscles. It requires flexing it and working out with it because, yeah, I've had expansive plant medicine journeys and I've had visions of like what that man looks like. And then I come back into the real world and I'm like, I'm 97% away from that man. Holy shit. But how exciting it is that I have all this ground to cover. But what are the behaviors and actions of that man? Not what are the behaviors and actions based on the residue from my past or yes. my previous experience or even what happened yesterday? Because yeah. how many times do we have a call with our team and then something gets triggered and rather than us saying anything and be like, hey, can you talk for a minute? This came up for me. We go into the meeting the next day, but now we have this subconscious undertow of resentment. And then we get upset that our team doesn't do their job to our level. And then we just collected more evidence to justify why they shouldn't be there. When in actuality, if we just allowed the situation to be there and we're honest and transparent and open and responsible, and we're like, hey, we got to have a talk. We got to clean this up and boom, boom, boom. Tomorrow, instead of being resent, becomes fucking rocket ships of ease because it's on a solid foundation. It's aligned to you. It's aligned to your team. And it's honest. You've built something in that interaction. You've created you something. You have. Yeah. You have. And I'd say like one of the most profound books I ever read was called Radical Honesty. Um, and holy moly, what a practice. It's, it's massive. It's, it's, it's the only one you need. I mean, so many of the things we've talked about, you only need this one thing. If, yeah. you, if you take one of these things, you take radical honesty and just master that yeah. mastery, which does not need to take a decade. You could probably do it in like a few weeks of it, it, consistent. It, and and this, is, this is the truth. This is the truth is that most of the things in my life that have felt insurmountable, like the Mount Everest of like work, whether it's fixing my marriage or me as a father or healing trauma, always felt insurmountable until I was somewhere in the process and two weeks later, the wound was gone. And I was like, wait, what? What? And I allowed my fear of the amount of work to mitigate me stepping into that work, which then made it this big, scary, audacious thing. And I was mm -hmm. afraid to go through it. But in, in, in like, I was sick a couple weeks ago, pretty bad. And someone, one of my team was like, what are you doing? And they're like, I'm like, I'm going snowboarding. And they're <laughs> like, why? And I'm like, because I'm going to be sick regardless. I can be sick on the couch or I can be sick on a mountain. And yes, maybe you don't recommend this. But for me, I wanted to tune my brain into I'm healthy and I'm strong and I'm powerful. And when I got tired, I took a break. But if yeah. I have the choice 
in any moment to choose the empowering interpretation or the disempowering one, I'm going to either consciously choose it or I'm going to build a container that forces me to choose the positive outcome because in my opinion, it's the only path to actual success. And the only reason it was challenging for so long was simply because I didn't practice. That was it. See, that's the core quality of discipline that you that you carry. It's also what uh, has probably created your ability to really zone in on the on the negative. It's like or on the uh, un- uncomfortable, right? Yeah. To, to build build this thing up. But I actually would recommend exactly what you did in going snowboarding because it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're snowboarding or you're not snowboarding. It matters that that was lighting you up, and you said yes to it. Yes, exactly. And you fucking went. That is actually what creates health. Yes. Yeah. Not snowboarding or not snowboarding. And this this sort of plays into a bigger I, I, idea there, reality, which is it doesn't really matter what you do in life. It matters how you do it. How you do it. Preach that one, sister. I will mm-hmm. just move out of your way for that one. This is yeah. this is massive. Exactly what you just said. You 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 felt the call. It's not like exercise because because we, we, we put it into black and white, especially entrepreneurship. You tell me how you did it and then I'll do that. Yep you, you, yep. you fucking know that doesn't work. Yeah. Not of in this course. current paradigm anyway. It probably worked 15 years ago, God help us. But like now everything <laughs> seems like a damn mess and there's so many methods everywhere, you know, and, and, and it's customized. It is the light within you that pointed to the snowboarding. That is the guidance. Yep. That is your system showing you what your system needed to do for health. That's what it's. That's why it felt good. It felt bright and joyful, and you were attracted to it. Yep. This is why it's about attraction. It's not really about pulling things to you. It's about you being pulled, allowing yourself to be pulled. Yes. When your system lights up, I was going to do a TED talk on this. When your system lights up, every human has a, a binary guidance system, right? You put. You, oh God, I wonder if I should move to Cincinnati. Okay, decide in this moment you're going to move to Cincinnati. Now, how does your body feel? Did you just light up with joy? Like you can't wait to go and do whatever it is people do in Cincinnati? Because if so, that's a yes from yep. you, from God, from source, from the universe. For you, you are all the same. That is that, that guidance. So that leads you toward health, toward success, toward your highest potential. It, it, it's fair to say it's simple, but not easy. But actually, it's quite easy. There is a trick to it, yes. And, and without that trick, you're, you're in the dark. I get it. I've been there too. However, it's actually really quite simple, right? Fo- following your following your joy. It's like follow your dreams by your unicorn spirit guide, right? <laughs> don't 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 leave. Don't go out into a different realm. <laughs> In your body, you lit up. Your brain probably even said, "Don't go." People people don't snowboard when they're sick. There's mm-hmm. the story. There's the template. There's the lens. Mm-hmm. The reality was, fuck. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm just gonna go. Yep. And you rested when you rest because then rest felt good. Yep. And more snowboarding did not see moment to moment. You were following that, and that is that literally puts you directly in touch with your your true self. This is this is why what I do is not a modality, right? We're not talking nope. about ways in or like a window in. You're going straight to the source and acquainting yourself and and developing a relationship with a part of you that is aware that it's connected to everything. Yes. I mean, this is the magic right here. You can step right into enlightenment. You can dip a toe in. You can just put a foot in, a little weight, come back. That's fine. And here's the thing. I get pissed at all the people that make toe touchers wrong. Fuck, Mm. thank you Mm -mm. for trying. 
Mm-hmm. Like, thank you for feeling the water. Like, yeah. thank you for understanding that there's a different possibility because in in what Domini just said, if you even think about all the way back to the beginning of this episode, I told a couple of people I was going snowboarding. In their brain, they had a paradigm of what that looked like. And they know me and they're like, oh, he's going to go hit the jumps in the park. He's going to flip and spin. He's going to go for nine hours. And they had a belief or a paradigm based on our state and the state of our relationship that didn't match what I was going to do. And I was like, oh, why do you think I shouldn't go? And they're like, oh, you're going to do this. I was like, oh, let me renegotiate this container. No, I just need some fresh air and the mountain views of Glacier National Park. So I'm going to go do a run and see how I feel. And I ended up only doing three runs that day, but they filled my bucket. And what it was for me was an opportunity to bring containers and paradigms into integrity with the current situation that was there. Because I had a lens and they had a lens. And then my wife is like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I would totally do that too. Right. And then that was my job as a leader to invite people into that possibility, not to be like, oh, my CEO is not supporting me because she said I couldn't go snowboarding. No, what my CEO was thinking is that you give so much to other people and you constantly overextend yourself. And if you're sick, I'm worried that you're going to go push it because of how much you've been giving. And I'm concerned that you're going to cause damage to yourself because she didn't have to say that, but I knew that's what she was thinking. And so I said, hey, is this what you're experiencing? And she's like, yes. And I'm like, totally. And I would see that too, because fuck, I couldn't be my own CEO either. And then it allowed this powerful conversation to take place, right? Because you've done the work and you didn't get triggered in the moment. You stayed with what was actually being said instead of the story around, God, nobody ever lets me do what I want. Yes. You stayed present. She stayed present. You actually heard each other. Conflict resolved. And I think one distinction is I I did get triggered. Mm. I still get triggered because triggers are one of the best safety mechanisms that a human has and they're biologically in. It's that now when I am triggered, it feels like an invitation for growth rather than Mm. somebody's stopping my five-year-old little boy from having fun. It's like, no, my wife gently reminds me sometimes that when I get excited, I put blinders on and forget that I have a family and a travel schedule booked out and I can't just clear a week and disappear on a whim's notice. And I'm like, oh, okay, got it. So where do I find alignment in this place? I still get triggered, but I have a relationship with those triggers. And do I win them all? No. I'd say I win about 70% of them now to where I get triggered and my default behavior goes the empowering route. Yeah. 30% of the time, the trigger is great enough or fresh enough or still current enough that I can't think like that. But then I have a plan. If those happen, my wife and I have code words. My team has carte blanche. Like, hey, you feel off. Can you go explore this? And I have code words with everybody intentionally designed that when they say them, it pattern interrupts me enough to realize that I'm operating out of a wound. And my only default is, holy shit, thank you. I need to go fix this. I get to go Mm -hmm. fix this. I get to go explore this so I don't create collateral damage. Yeah. And so I still do get triggered. Uh, and all my friends, the, the billionaires, the centimillionaires, the truth is, is that the triggers are never going to go away, is that you increase your capacity to have a relationship with them without allowing them to jump in the driver's seat of your behaviors. Yeah. And if you're at the point where you're having a relationship, then like for me, I would define a trigger as you're out of control. You're gone. Oh, for sure. Not, okay. Not to say yeah. that you're like, you're getting angry um, or Either way, you know, it still happens, I'm sure, either either way. Yeah. Um, 
the 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 it's it's the going immediately onto default, panicking and yeah. shifting out of out of reality, right? The definition is you're out of out of what is here and now. Yeah, yeah. And and it's I, I actually really shit. appreciate that distinction because, you know, um I have a belief that awareness is the finish line. Like conscious awareness. So if you're using the Eisenhower matrix, right, like consciously competent is the finish line. Because the triggers are always going to be there. Really what I'm practicing is when they come up, not allowing them to take the joystick of my body over and take actions that are aligned to the trigger instead to pause. To be like, hey, do you really want to pick that remote up right now? Do you really want to play that game or can you play a different one? And, and I, I stumble, I falter. But then here's the funniest part. I falter and my wife's like, whoa. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a way to be better. Hold on, help me. Or I get triggered and I get shut down and she hangs up on me. And then two hours later, I'm like, I am so sorry because this happened, this happened. And I saw this and I make up. It was like talking to a three-year-old Dennis the Menace throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of Walmart <laughs> because in reflecting back, that's what I experienced with me. And she's like, yeah, babe, thanks for understanding. I'm like, totally. Thank you for the feedback. Right. And and it's, it's also this part of like radical self-acceptance of like allowing my human experience to exist and allowing my greatness to exist and knowing that it's not predictable. It's not, you know, guaranteed. It's, it's something that we build, that we iterate and we're going to make mistakes. Like we never get mad at our kids when they try to walk for the first time and they fall down and we're like, oh, you should <laughs> never do it again. You stepped like, in you correctly. idiot. God. Yeah. Yeah, my son wasn't speaking because he started walking at nine months, right? Like, no, you encourage them. And I find, and, and this is what's really funny, is my phone's being used as a camera right now. But you'll appreciate this. On the background of my phone, my phone background is a photo of me at six years old. And that was because of a shaman. And he said, nice. you know, as an entrepreneur and as a high achiever, and a lot of us have this, is that we measure ourselves against our success, not against the quality of our inputs, right? I'm failed mm -hmm. if I didn't do this. I'm failed if I didn't do this. But when I envision like telling my six-year-old son like, oh, that art project sucked, you wouldn't win or you didn't color in the lines. Like I would never fucking think that or say that. But yet in the lens of my business, the moment I made a mistake, I'd be like, oh my God, you're such a failure. I can't believe you did this. And he's like, I want you to change their background image of your phone to a photo of you at six years old. And anytime you're mean to yourself, I want you to just look at the background. And it's so impossible for me to talk shit to myself and to self-deprecate and to put myself down. But really all I'm doing is I have a container in place that if those happens, it triggers me out so that I can be aware of where yeah. I am and what actions I have to take. And so I feel like I'm successful because... I've developed an environment that just doesn't allow mediocrity and bullshit while gently loving and accepting that I'm human. And that really, in my opinion, the only way you fail as a human or an entrepreneur is when you quit. It's just when you quit, when you fall back to the default, when you're like, oh, I took the red pill, but please give me the blue one because I want the steak and the woman in the wet dress. Well, listen. Even that though, I mean, it's the same thing as, as judging the toe in yep. to to yep. the next paradigm. It's yep. like some people are going to incarnate here, stay unconscious for most of their life, have a moment of dipping their toe into greater awareness and be like, nope, and go right back and die in that paradigm, which is great. A thousand percent. And I think the most important part 
is that whichever path you choose is that you're consciously choosing it out of a place of alignment to what lights you up the most. This is it right here, that you're consciously choosing it, which is again, you win life by fucking playing it. Yes. (laughs) Showing up, being here, really being here. If you can overcome fear, that's great. I did. Life is way better now. I didn't have to. You know, I wouldn't have been worse if I had more evolved is not better than less evolved. Yeah. That's, that's important. Yeah. Even mistakes and failures. It's like, again, human judgments, right? A failure is something that you didn't expect or want to happen. Well, I didn't expect or want COVID to happen, but I wouldn't call it my failure. Yeah. You know, it's like, that just means it's, it's like you're going up a mountain or even down. It's not a straight line up. No. Right. You go up, you go down, you go into a crevasse, you fall down, you you twist your ankle, you hang out for a bit, you go back up again. It's like, you know, you're, 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 you're climbing up this, up this face. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's your willingness to go. If you're willing that's to play, that's it. Yes, yes, yes. Fuck yeah. So I want to ask <laughs> you now that you're in the after state, right? You're living on this side, embodied, aligned, authentic, you know, just, just fully radiating in what, what would be described, like, what are some of your go-to, like, what's like one to three of like your biggest non-negotiable, like everyday practices or rituals or beliefs or tools that you use to help keep yourself on track? Uh-oh. I don't know if this is going to be good for your audience or not. <laughs> we'll let um, them be, we'll let them be the dictator of that. Here's, 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 here's the honest truth. The honest truth is I don't have any. Nice. <laughs> Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't make more money if I did. I, I probably would. However, I have um, now stepped in so very many times um, out of control and into surrender that I now follow. Here's my non-negotiable. Here's my non-negotiable. It doesn't occur to me because there's no option. Any, uh, yeah, there, yeah. It, it doesn't. There's no fork in the road anymore. Um, so I didn't think of it as, as, a, as a, something I needed to commit to. But I, I follow what is effortless. Yeah. I follow what is effortless. Now, this would not have worked for me when I started my business, by the way. I had to develop perseverance. I had none. Yep. Um, and, and discipline is not one of my core qualities. Um, spontaneity, you know, lots of other things are. Um, but now I'm, I'm in this period of life where what I know about the way the human system interacts with reality is that when there is a a push, there is by definition, if you want to go all the way to the end of, of reality, that's a forcing current, right? You're, you're creating something. It's not bad, right? Everybody else that comes on here is going to be like, oh my God, you need to do, to, to do this thing. And, and there's all sorts of ways to be an entrepreneur and that's all great. Um, I, I, I'm working at the end because my self-growth is actually more important to me than my business. Mm-hmm. How I am, how I show up every day is my number one priority, closely followed by I'm, I'm really excited to bring all of this, you know, um, growth to, sh- to share it with the world. Um, so, so I, f- I follow what is, what is effortless because I take that as guidance, mm-hmm. right? You wake up feeling sick, but you have a weird desire to go snowboarding. I go snowboarding. Yep. I don't worry about what snowboarding means. That, that doesn't occur to me anymore. It did for many, many years. It doesn't anymore. Now it's just like, oh, you said go left. Okay, left. And the you said is my desire, what feels easy, what feels exciting, lit up, joyful. 
Um, and I've been doing this in my, in my business um, for quite some time. And what it's actually shifted into is away from things like Facebook ads and messaging and um, sort of structured, you know, direct messaging type of ads and things like that to profound relationships. Um, I make relationships everywhere. I'm, I'm fascinated by them. I'm, I'm riveted. It's also a, a, a core quality of mine. I like to relate. I like people, you know, and I offer, you know, my services. I'll be like, Hey, I can, I can help you with that. You know, don't worry about it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm doing the things that come the most effortlessly and the most easily to me, mm-hmm. not in a way of I'm opting out of difficulty, but in, to me, it's, it's now in my template. Now it's a red flag. Mm-hmm. It goes, oh, why am I trying to go left if right seems easy? Like, because that indicates I have a human agenda, which in my paradigm means that my human self, which knows virtually nothing comparatively, um, has an idea of which direction to go, whereas the greater wisdom of everything is indicating that right is a better right. You see what I mean? So there's like this mm-hmm. way in which I'm kind of following this path. It's fucking weird. I'm not going to lie. It's like a crazy way to, to live your life. Like I have no almost, it almost, I was just saying this to a friend. This is like just being super vulnerable, but like I was just saying this to my friend. I'm like, I actually have no say in my life anymore. <laughs> it's like the, the exact opposite of all the goal setting and being like, you know, and I did all of that and it was great. Um, here though, I don't, because me personally, like my greater intention is I incarnated to teach this work and it's going to be global. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm set up for that. And so I trust in that. I trust that that intention is there. How to get there, I don't possess that knowledge. Yep. You probably do. This is your gift. But my gift is not in that area. And so I, I'm leaning into my strength and profoundly resting on, on trust and openness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I live in Monaco right now in the south yep. of France. I moved here. People are like, oh, what brought you here? My intuition. Yep. Yep. And and I think, and and I love that answer because you do have one at at a very, very deep principle based level. You you definitely, you definitely have them. Um, but also like, and, and hearing you say this, like for everybody listening, it doesn't advocate of like the day to day of like checking my emails and doing it. This isn't like the core functions of the needle movers of the business. Right. And like, you're talking about being fully aligned. You're talking about trusting your inner guidance and having self-integrity, with what you choose to be your message. And I very much run my business the same way. Like, you know, my wife has a vision board and goal sheets and my CEO has them for the company. I've never made a vision board. They do not Hmm. light me up. They do not inspire me. What inspires me is every morning asking myself, what part of my empire indifference can I build today aligned with what I want to do? And, and, And I do it very much the same. And every day feels different. Like I can't tell you what my days look like. Who knows? Like last night, it was three 911 calls that I fixed in five minutes. This morning, it was doing a podcast and mapping out a few things and sending some gifts in the mail. Not because I had a plan, but because I was driving to the office and I was like, oh, I just thought of these four people. Oh, and I've learned at this point that I didn't install that fucking thought in my brain. Like I wasn't like, hey, when I'm driving to work in two hours, remind me about Craig and Jared, Mike and Vanessa. No. Yes. I allow myself the space and I'll summarize this down to be quiet enough to hear God's whispers, intuition, God's source, alignment, intention. Now that does not advocate me 
from responsibility. That doesn't advocate me from waking up at 6 a.m. to take care of my son and get him ready for school. That doesn't advocate me from making dinner. It's when my daily functions based on the world and the life that I've built are complete. And then it is my turn. How am I going to operate and listen? And so I very much operate like you do. I love that. I'm so happy. I'm, I, I, I love hearing that. Um, and, and it actually is the same as waking up at six for your kid, even though if you didn't have your kid, you would not wake up at six. But, but because you do, that is, yep. you, you enjoy the responsibility. I do. You don't have I to be responsible. You can walk right out the door right now and never come back. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. So that's so important. It's like, it's not like I'm like so excited to do my taxes. But it's like, oh, great, I'm going to do it. First of all, I have no issue around it anymore because whatever it is, probably cleared it. But then it's like, okay, it's tax time. But I yep. really am excited about those being done. I'm excited about that. Pro- I like the responsibility. That's yes. why I run a business. Yes. So again, and it, it all actually yes. feels in it. it yeah. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. You guys want to <laughs> fucking straight to the soul, like cutting it open to straight to the core. I talk to thousands, tens of thousands of entrepreneurs a year like literally measurably tens of thousands of entrepreneurs. And if I ask any entrepreneur what three things they want, they all tell me the same thing. I want more time, I want more freedom, and I want more money. Always those three. And Dominique, you just alluded to this wholeheartedly. That doesn't mean that every part of those is going to light me the fuck up. It doesn't mean that I'm going to get excited about paying a million dollars in taxes every year. It means that those are requirements in the rules of the game to get to my vision, and I have an ability to choose how I see those things. They can be dreadful, they can be bad, they can be hard, and then every year I'm going to have the same fucking challenges even though it's going to be there. Or what a gift that I'm now paying in taxes what I would have made in 20 years as my salary and holy <laughs> moly, and then, you know, if you listen to this show, you'll hear me allude to this concept a ton, and I call it the burden of leadership, and I don't consider burden to be a bad term. I feel like burden is a lot of weight. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of pressure, and every moment that we practice these things, like Domini moving to the south of France and now having no triggers with her taxes, that becomes from training the muscle that, oh, tax time is coming. Let's not wait until fucking December and then put myself into a tailspin. Let's do it in March and June and July. And the moment the tax guy calls, let's be excited about it. Chunk that down and move. And and we've talked a ton in this entire episode. And this is tuning your reticular activating system into seeing the things that you want to see. And if you have the ability to have a fucking confirmation bias why not use it and flex it to have one towards the positive, towards the empowerment, towards the boom, right? Because like you can go buy a brand new car that you swear nobody in your town owns. And then the moment you start driving it, you realize that 762 people have the car. And you can be upset that now everybody has a Honda Accord. The truth be told is that you couldn't see it before because your reticular <laughs> activating system wasn't tuned into it. So instead of being upset that like, oh, there's 720 other Subaru Outback owners, like, God, how fucking stoked it is that there's 720 other people like me. And if I'm ever broken down, I can probably wave to a wilderness owner and they'll pull <laughs> over and help me, right? Because we have this love of Subarus. <sighs> we always have the ability to choose. We always have the ability to choose. And yeah, with all the knowledge and the wisdom that has collectively come together today, which, by the way, this has been a gift. Thank you for even allowing this conversation and allowing me to speak and 
And doing that, you know, at, at the bottom of it, 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 it really boils down to, are you making a choice that's aligned with who you want to be, not who you were, who you are, or who everybody else says that you should be? And it's measuring yourself against those things. Can I simplify that down even more? Yeah, please. It comes down to, in this moment, who do you want to be? Yes. And I'm going to add one modifier. There's one rule when you answer that question. You can only speak in states of being and not doing. So mm. who, I, who I want to be is not, I want to go write seven emails today. Not, I want to go lead a team call of seven. Not, I want to go make $10,000 today. It's, okay, let me imagine a year in the future that I'm making a million dollars a month. What behaviors or states of being would that man or woman be operating from that would allow that result to come in? And when you go to states of being, you principally shift the foundation of your conscious and subconscious, which then permeates out. And so my wife had me do this about 10 years ago. She had me introduce myself to her 10 years in the future. Mm -hmm. And she made, and this is fucking crazy. And I don't talk about this a lot because it still creeps me out a little bit. Um, my wife's a horsewoman, right? I know nothing oh, about horses. Me too. Yeah. So we have Equestrian. Nine, we have competitive nine, for like 25 years. That's killer. Yeah. We have nine horses and my wife competed in Arabians <laughs> at a world champion level. Now does three day event thing. <gasps> yes. So yeah. I like her. Um, we may have to be friends. Yeah. So I'm Let assuming dangerously that this will turn into a friendship that only holds me <laughs> higher to my potential. And then I'm going to be like, really? More? Yep, you walked into that one. <laughs> um, Seriously? Seriously? <laughs> but she made me introduce myself and- I've never been a big vision guy. That's not my default operating state. I like to, I like my vision to come to reality based on what I build that day. And I like to see it brick by brick by brick. And then I can look back in five years and be like, oh shit, I guess I have the vision, but I focus on the brick by brick. And she's like, no, 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 seriously. Like I want you to do this. And so we were doing a personal development training together and uh, I walked in and I, I introduced myself like 10 years in the future this was about 10 years ago. And I like described the kitchen and what it would smell like and what the temperature was like and what the view would be and how it was a giant 30 foot living room window overlooking the pasture of her horses that she could feed out the window with the mountains in the background. Um, I live in that fucking house now. (laughs) (laughs) But if you were to ask me how I got there, it would have never added up ever because in my vision, I didn't say I owned it. I said we had it. And now we rent this incredible 50-acre ranch that we thought we loved, but there's a lot of nuance that we don't like that we want to do differently. And so now we have the perspective as we start building next year what we want. But I was sitting there in my living room right around Christmas, and I was like just reflecting. And one of my buddies asked me about that because he knew the story. And I was thinking about it, and I almost remember to a T what I said to her. And I was like, I have the same cars. I'm in that house. We have eight horses and pasture out my living room window. My kids each have a wing of the house for their toys and freedom. There's, and it was like fucking verbatim. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm pretty woo woo, but okay, holy moly, this is out of control. And then I was like, babe, can I do that intro again? I'm just going to shorten the timeline down to a year. Here's, here's what I want to do. <laughs> but it wasn't, and I say this because it wasn't about what I did. Like I didn't say that vision to her and be like, all right, cool. I'm going to go launch this business right now. That's going to make a million dollars in free cash flow a year and boom, boom, boom. Now you look in that story of 10 years, 
there were two almost bankruptcies, multiple millions of dollars lost, multiple millions of dollars of gain. And every company that I own that I thought was going to get me there is no longer in existence, but I own three more that are 10 times the size that never would have been on the table if I went to the doing this. And I just held that vision and the belief about how I want to show up. I want to focus on relationships. I want people to feel this way. This is how I want to be seen and remembered in the world. And then I'd say one of my shortcomings as an entrepreneur is I don't do enough reflection. And, and I'm saying mm -hmm. that intentionally knowing the language pattern is around it is that there's an invitation for me to reflect more, to focus yeah. on the gain that I've created. But um, it fucks with me a lot because yeah. I'm like driving and getting goosebumps as I'm like driving home to my dream. And I was like, oh, this is what I said. I Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> and, and then it's quickly, it's quickly juxtaposed with the, the responsibility that comes with that dream and that vision. And it's constantly calling me up and pulling me up. And I really, really love it. But I figured you would appreciate that. Yeah, and that's that really steps into um, a, a more advanced technique, which is manifestation. Yeah, and and that's you've already outlined it. So just to just to sort of <laughs> clarify for the listeners, this is exactly it. This is how you manifest anything. Period. Yeah. Done. Right. Again, I only work in the sort of like all the way at the end. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And this is it. You a clarify, decide what you want, right? Um, and you hold that vision, and then you let the fuck go of everything else. Yep. And you 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 feel yourself there, right? You 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 be that person. Yep. W wake up in that house. Great. How's it going to feel? How's the kitchen going to smell? Exactly what you exactly what you what you went through. The thing is, we're humans, and we try to like get it. We, we want to like fix it. We're like, oh, I want to make sure that happens. I want to make sure that happens. Think about it. There's fear underneath that. Yep. Now you're deciding it's not going to happen, and that you're all powerful, and you're going to make it happen. Like. You know, it was interesting sort of hearing my words kind of reflected back in this type of environment as I was talking about, like, I, I, I don't do anything in my life. It's actually not true. I do a shit ton in my life, but I don't you force do. any of it. Yes. Yep. I follow what is effortless and I like responsibility. I like building my business. I, that's what I wake up in the morning and I want to do with my day. Me too. You know, so I, I work my ass off because it's fun. So I don't force any of that. So same thing. It's like you, you weren't forcing the vision to happen because you actually, and this is, this is a capacity thing as within the incarnated as a human, you have limitations, right? There, there, you, you see uh, certain dimensions. You can transcend those dimensions, um, to a certain extent. Um, even Sadhguru though is like in, currently incarnated as a, as a human being. So he can take other, he can see mm -hmm. other perspectives. Mm -hmm. Um, he can see the whole picture, which a lot of us cannot. Um, and I've been in that period of time for it was about a year where I was living in a state very similar. I don't think quite at that level, but what I like to call a little low level of enlightenment. And everything, I was just in love with everything. Everything was ease and effortlessness. And there was no trust because there was nothing to not trust. It was like, a, it was just simply beingness. So if yep. you can be in that state that you desire, you, you be it and then let go of the how and don't mess with it. Yes. Then that is the process of manifestation. It's the fastest way to bring anything into your life. Yeah. And, and I obviously, and you probably have as well, like I listen and study a lot of like Vedanta and on attachment and things along those lines. And this was a big lesson for everybody listening to this as an entrepreneur. If I have clarity and, and thank you for highlighting that step number one for having what you want is having the clarity, which means giving yourself the space. Number yes. one. Permission. But huge. Secondly, the permission to dream. 
to have a childlike curiosity, to have an excitement. And I'm telling you right now, if you're dreaming and you're, and there's nothing wrong with dreaming about revenue, I'm not averse to making money. I just make money fucking wholesome and aligned with integrity. Like I'm fucking all for making money. Like do not get me wrong. But even in the childlike curiosity and the dreaming of your vision, if you're having clarity of like, this is how much money I want to make, or this is what I want to look like. And you're already having a trigger in your body. It's giving you a crystal clear roadmap for what areas need to be brought into alignment or adjusted before the states of being can take over. And this is a very, very important part. You alluded to this a ton of this. I want to control. I want to know what it looks like. And you nailed this is that subconsciously that is just a trigger for me to know that you feel unsafe because control gives us the illusion of safety because we ultimately at the core cannot control anything outside of our own inputs. And I watch entrepreneurs struggle with this a ton. They will tell me their vision, but then they can tell me step by step how it's going to be built. And there's one problem with that is that it's never been built before. And so Mm. when you try to design it with the how, you're designing it with your current understanding and view of the world, which is going to limit the vision to your current level of success because people on this podcast know and in coaching know and in events know there's one question you don't ever ask me and it's how. And if you ask me how, it's going to lead down a fucking intervention because I do not (laughs) like that word. Um, How fascinating is that? But I think this is huge for everybody because I get it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go build this funnel or I'm going to go build this offer or I'm going to sell this event. My job is to look at how everything has been done before, what worked, what didn't work. But if I try to take what somebody else did and apply it to mine, it's missing the most important ingredient, which is me. And it doesn't allow me to see the holes, to see the pitfalls, to see the roadblocks or even unrealized potential because I think I know. And so when you get clarity, the question isn't how do I get this? It's who do I have to be, Mm -hmm. right? Is that more committed? Is it more integrous? Is it more compassionate? And when you ask yourself how you get to be and we take compassion for an example, You dwindle that down to a smart goal. I can measure compassion. I can measure it in how I communicate. I can measure it in how I message my team. I can measure it in how I message my clients. Integrity is a state of being, but I can chunk it down to, oh, every day when I make a commitment, it's only getting written on paper if I'm 100% committed to keeping that word to myself. And so when you chunk it down to the state of being, underneath the state of being with the right amount of space and questions, it maps out the how to build something that's never been built before rather than rebuilding something that you're going to resent because it wasn't at its true potential. Something along we're those back lines. To, we're back to letting go. Yes. We're back to relinquishing control. Yes. And all of this comes down, this has come in multiple times, but we haven't actually named it, which is fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. Thank if there's, you. If there's one thing we can leave our listeners with, it would be learn, like make best friends with the unknown yep. because that's your fucking reality. Everything else is delusion, by the way. Yes. So sorry. Yes. And, <laughs> it's and, not real. You and no you'll, lo- you'll love my friend Alex Sharfin because he, he's just walking wisdom. Um, one of the greatest entrepreneurs of our entire fucking lifetime. Um, but he's like known for his one-liners. Like he's like, if you're constantly fighting fires, there's a good chance you're the arsonist, which I fucking love. <laughs> that's um, awesome. Like at such, 
a deep, <laughs> deep uh, visceral level. Um, but listen, let's talk about, you know, to wrap this up, like just quickly put a bow on it, like entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is guaranteed uncertainty. Relationships are guaranteed uncertainty. Success is guaranteed uncertainty because if it was certain, everybody would have it and your business would be somebody else's. What you have to fall in love with is that the moment you fall in love with uncertainty, that you know you have no control, and this is going to sound like a mind fuck, the moment you fully embrace that, you gain all the control. But it only comes from the full-on attachment because I can plan the best marketing funnel. I mean, I get paid lots of money to do this for people. But even I know that at the end of the day, I have no control over what it is. But I have full control over the integrity and the intention of my inputs. And so, yes, I might have a goal to do a million dollars and I might only make 700 When I make 700 I'm going to ask myself what worked and then I'm going to figure out what didn't work and then I'm going to go again. And then I'm going to go again, not throw the baby out with the bathwater, not say, oh, I failed. Oh, I didn't do it. No. And the most important thing about playbooks, and you alluded to this a ton, when you think about the how, entrepreneurship, every single thing you need to know about entrepreneurship is for free and available to you on the internet without ever paying for it. Fucking Mm -hmm. everything. And if you can't find it on the internet and you have no internet, I'm going to give you a library card (laughs) and I will give you 10 (laughs) books that you can read that guarantee if you follow the principles that they will bring you to success. But here's the challenge. The secret sauce is you. I can hand you my playbook. The only thing that makes my playbook effective is your DNA. I can give you somebody else's book. The only thing that makes that book effective is your DNA. The playbooks, the hows, they're the 80% solution that are missing your unique identification of your DNA imprinted on those playbooks. And that's everything that Dominique has been talking about today. What lights you up? What fills your bucket? What's aligned with you? What feels effortless? What feels easy? What feels aligned? Because when you play this game, when you choose to take the red pill, that means that you have to more often than not remind yourself that you chose the red pill because you wanted the secrets. And so these secrets come with a level of responsibility that just requires your specific application to them every day. And if you have a year in front of you, you have 365 days to practice when everybody else is going to be waiting for the perfect play to execute. Mm. And that's how you get ahead. It's chunking it down to these little pieces. And so, yeah, this is this has been a fucking blast. <laughs> okay, we've solved all your problems. Uh, yeah. So there's we no, there's, you're, you're all out of excuses. I say the same thing about uh, like the, the spiritual work. I'm like, your, your problem isn't lack of knowledge, right? The steps to enlightenment are online. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. No, it's, it, it's really it's and, a secret. And like, I'd say, Dominique, like when I think about like what I've prescribed to people, like what I coach people on single-handedly, the most powerful assignment that I've ever given anybody to this day is a stillness practice every day. That's mm. it. Because like I said earlier is we're born with this vehicle, but yet we never take time to read the owner's manual. And if you think about the life that we live, not you, because you used to live this life and now you live a different one is that if you look at our world, anybody listening to the show, the world that we live in by design is designed to steal our attention away from ourselves. Social, video, commercials, ads, radio, newsletters, blah, 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 coaching, coaching, coaching. Like you don't see anybody out here proselytizing like, hey, go spend time with yourself because at that point they lose control. And so what that should tell you is that if the world is constantly demanding that it wants all of you, 
then your job is to say no and demand that you get all of you first. And that's the most important place to be. And so if you're listening to this, you've heard me talk about stillness practices. You've heard me talk about relating with yourself. Like now is your fucking permission slip today. Hmm. Not tomorrow, not next week, but think about all the opportunity. How long are you in your car? Do you need music on talking about bitches and hoes and how your dog died in a car accident? Or would it be better if you sat in silence? I do. Yeah, maybe. We'll work on that one. Or it'd be better (laughs) if you sat in silence and instead of being afraid of your thoughts, you welcomed them in and you allowed yourself to think it and you allowed yourself to go down that rabbit hole and you allowed yourself to really feel, right? Like this is why I default to hiking in nature or snowboarding in silence or driving in yeah, silence. Yeah, that's even better because then you're in your body. Yes. I would say that if you're if you're in your mind, going down rabbit holes is not really going it, to it, – it's enforcing what's already there. If you're in your body, you're in the present moment. You're feeling sure. what is there. That's that's where the stillness is going to be for sure, and 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 I'm gonna yeah. and I love that you said that, and and because I'm speaking from experience, one of my biggest challenges is because I was unwilling to sit with my own rumination, I didn't have the capacity to sit with the creation. I was so averse to my own thinking that I would judge it, and I had to learn how to sit neutrally and be like, okay, cool, like I get to feel my feelings, I get to have yes. my thoughts, and 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 multiple times a week. I'm still hit with the, I'm not good enough or, you know, like the same core wounds we talk about, right? Like I'm not good enough. People are going to leave me. I'm unlovable, right? Like mine is I'm not good enough. And so I'll ruminate on it, but I give myself a timer and I'm like, oh, you want to be an asshole to yourself? Great. You have two minutes. Say it all. And typically about 20 seconds in, I can't say another word. And I'm like, oh man, I really should be nice to myself, but it's I can help you sweep the rest of that that under the rug. Well, yeah, it's, it's mitigating. It's mitigated for the most part now, but it's this, just this willingness to practice. So for everybody listening, like bring some intention, bring some practice into you, right? And the way that I've figured is that when I look at my business, when I look at my life, when I look at my relationships, every trigger is just a check engine light that's begging for me to diagnose the code. Hmm. And all I have to do is plug in and ask myself a few simple questions. Like, why is this coming up? How am I feeling? How are they feeling? What's underneath it? Knowing that it's not true. It's the limbic part of my brain that is designed to keep me safe, saying you're triggered, shut down, remove yourself from the world. But there's no fucking saber-toothed tigers chasing me. There's just a redheaded goddess who demands my <laughs> presence as a man, right? Like, And so it's an opportunity to explore this because no matter which way you slice this, no matter which way you fast forward this, if you want to truly have the success that you want and you interview the most successful people that are also happy and aligned, they will tell you, and Dominie will jump on this one, that self-mastery is the true deepest secret. Understanding you, your emotions, your tics, your stories, which is what puts you in the position of power to choose and create a result that you want. This is what I was doing when I was when I was uh, full-on in relationship coaching. The key to self-mastery, uh, self-mastery is the key to relationship mastery. Yes. Could have been true to everything else Everything. As well. Everything. everything. So it's, everything. And it's also, it's worth pointing out as well for people that, you know, when you're doing the self-acceptance practice, it's important to know that acceptance is not approval. No, nope. You don't have to like it. It still is. Can you breathe through your discomfort? It'll go in a few seconds. Don't hold on to it and don't avoid it. Just let it be there, move through your system. Thank you for saying that. And also recognize that just because you eradicate it once doesn't mean it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Your eradication of the trigger turns it into a tool that you will use forever. 
Yeah. And as you, if you handle the trigger correctly in the moment, that mm-hmm. piece that came up in that moment, that will move through. Thousand percent. Because it's through. That's what we we're talking about before, right? If you avoid yes. it, it gets stuck. If you hold on to it, it, uh, it, it drags you down. It gets stuck, right? If you allow it to move through, feel it. This is a surrender piece. Allow life to move through you as it wants to. That piece processes through and that piece is now gone. You do yes. that enough times, the trigger will actually go 100%. You need to go deeply enough to do that, but it will actually go. So I had all these anger issues. Yep. It's it's almost impossible to piss me off anymore. <laughs> I just it's just I just don't I just I just do not have that rea- re- response. I might at some point in my life, but now we're talking about, you know, twice a year. Yep. Um and I honestly can't even remember the last time now, whereas before it was like always under so it 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 is possible to to fully move through even things from childhood, you know, deep, deep shit. Yep. It just requires going deep. Well, and, and it, and it requires the commitment to do the work. It's not about this once a year. It's not about this one trip a year, this one event I'm going to, this one ceremony I'm doing. Those are great. Commit to those. But in that commitment, it's what am I doing today? Right. And like the way that I like to think about this now is like, I'm not a pilot. All my friends are pilots, but when I fly with them and they're flying me, you know, we go out to the plane. We don't get in the plane. They do their pre-inspection checklist, right? They check every ounce of the plane. That is a non-negotiable regardless of how they feel. Even if they landed the plane 20 minutes ago, it never changes. And I think for entrepreneurs, especially listening to this, one of the best and most powerful things that you can do is come up with your pre-inspection checklist every day for you and yourself before the world touches you, right? Before you get into your emails, before you get into your DMs, before you get into your calls, it's like, oh, and noticing in the early days, like, hey, I feel off today. That doesn't mean that you're going to magically feel better and then go get your work done. You might just acknowledge that you feel off and yet you're still choosing to go take those actions today. Mm-hmm. But when you acknowledge what it is, you're fully aware and present to what's coming up. That mitigates a lot of triggers that didn't exist in the first place. So when we talk about habits and rituals and routines. It's not so you have a fucking 5 a.m. club or four. I don't give a fuck about that. All I care about is that there's an intention underneath it that allows you to start and end your day fully aware of every check engine light and every ounce of your existence in your body. And this is going to sound really silly. I've actually, Dominic, I've never talked about this on the podcast ever. (laughs) But one of a uh, there was a very powerful experience I had not on plant medicine, but in breath work. And one of my challenges and triggers from the military was my PTSD, but not like reliving gunshots. It was that I would have flashbacks that I would be spatially disoriented. Like I didn't Hmm. know where I was. It felt the world around me looked like the world, but my body felt like I was in a different situation. And so I used EMDR to anchor in, uh, when I spin my ring. So if you ever watch me keynote, and you see me spinning my ring, it's because subconsciously it's that I'm there and in the moment. It doesn't happen much anymore. It's pretty much all gone. Um, But what was really, really interesting about that is that uh, I was having one of those experiences and um, the breathwork facilitator had me sit up and open my eyes and actually touch every part of my body, my toes, my foot, my leg. 
And then they challenged me to bring this into a practice when I got home. And so in my stillness practice, and I've never talked about this before because I assign a stillness practice to everybody in the morning, um, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Now as a part of mine, I don't begin mine until I physically touched my whole body. And so when I wake up, like I will literally like touch my toe and thank my toe and touch my foot and touch my foot and my leg and my leg and my leg. And it's shocking to me how well I know myself and how my day is going to go by just spending a minute getting in tune with the vehicle that I'm, I'm existing in, right? That I've been issued, right? My soul is in this body, no matter what your belief system. And I need to know what my body feels like that day. And it's been mm-hmm. profound for me because I'm like, oh, my left leg's a little sore. And then 10 minutes later, I'll be in the kitchen and I'll have a thought of like something causing me resistance and I'll handle it. And then my leg pain goes away. And then I'll go look up Louise Hayes' app. And I was like, oh my God, what? Come <laughs> on. This is, it can't be this simple. <laughs> right. But I, I think at the essence of everything that I believe, um, and holy fuck, let me just stop for a minute. Thank you for showing up in such a manner that like it excites me on my own podcast, like talk about my story and share all this. Like it's a fucking testament to you. So thank you. Um, it's my pleasure. I just believe like if I'm like, Hey, Dominique, you're going to go drive a NASCAR race today that at no moment would you just want me to throw a helmet on you and put you in the car and say, go, you'd at least want a couple of minutes to get familiar with the car, with the helmet, with the track. And I think for entrepreneurs, we miss this part of the game because the world demands so much of us every day and it has no empathy or compassion for what's happening inside of us. And so if we don't have the discipline to say, stop, I need to know my tool. I need to know my vehicle. I need to know my weapon before I use it. Then we're never going to have that space. And I think everybody can benefit from every day, starting and you're ending your day, fully aware of your vehicle. Like, did you hit a road bump today? Do you need a flat tire change? Did do you ding your rim or is it just a paint job? But I do the same thing at the end of the day and it helps me figure out how I start my day tomorrow because my bucket's going to change. My capacity's going to change. My, my output's going to change. But if I can match it congruently and integrously to how I actually am, no matter what, I'm guaranteed to make progress. So I think for everybody listening, this is a big invitation for you. So I just want to share that. Yeah. So I got, I got one more question, one more, and we are pushing the limits of this one. You guys are welcome for another two hour show, but I fucking love this conversation. So (laughs) I could do this with Dominique all day and just go back. Yeah. I'm not even tired. I'm like, yeah. Keep on. So I'd love to hear this from you. And I, I ask this question to most people, but, um, to answer this, it's up to you. You can have a minute, an hour, a fortune cookie or whatever, but I like to, to dwindle this down. So we've been on the show for about two hours and it's been a blast. So thank you. Um, but I want to envision that everybody listening basically forgot every single fucking thing that we said, like, don't remember Mm -hmm. any of it, nothing. But in this moment, you have the ability to tattoo wisdom on their soul that they're going to take with them forever. What would your tattoo wisdom be that you want everybody to take with them forever? Your life experience is within your control. There is nothing about who you are that is not glorious. And it's okay to not see that. Not every moment, maybe never, doesn't change the truth of it. There are ways in which you have learned to be afraid 
please know that this is optional and that if you re-listen to what has been said here, you will find many more techniques even than we named outwardly, some that were spoken, some that were modeled, to move away from this fear, not away to avoid, but through. There is nothing, nothing that you wish for that you cannot attain. It's simply not the way the system is built. Study your owner's manual. Find people more evolved than you and get them to help you to accelerate the process and live a life that is as large or as small as you authentically desire. Yeah, I'll take all of that. All of that. <laughs> you might want to you might want to grab that snippet and like write your thesis off that. I'll take I'll take that one. That was fucking golden. That was a that was a light bright moment right there. Our branding's a lighthouse. You just pumped up the amplitude of the light in that one. I will yes. take that. Yes. I felt I felt that in my fucking soul. I had to close my eyes for a minute because I was like, oh yeah, this one's landing. Yep, take it, George. Listen, all of it. I love it. Thank you for that reflection. So um, for everybody listening, I should have done this earlier, but uh, I think Domine is incredible. Uh, and I want everybody to know where to connect with you, how to find more about you. I know you have a podcast, but um, one easy place, one simple thing. How can people find you, find more of you, uh, and like really dive in and get embodied into your world? Yeah. So everything comes through my website. So the podcast is there, everything, everything, more information, connecting, working, et cetera, everything is there. Um, however, what I think would be more useful is to find me on Instagram and just DM me, DM me the word George. Yay. Okay. Go there. And if you, if you DM me that word, what I'll do is I'll give anyone who connects with me in that way, uh, a free call Oh, and we'll wow. get on, a, we'll get on a, we'll get on the phone. We'll see what you're struggling with and get you some clarity right there. Remember, there's no pro- there's no problem that you're experiencing that cannot be fixed. Mm. Okay, I'll that's take simply that all the day. way the structure works. <laughs> so we got to so, we got to officially give people the gram to slide into your DMs. Yes, come on in, come what, on in. What's what's the gram? What's your Instagram? Uh, oh, at Dominique Drew, my full name. Okay, so it's D- the, the, the blessing of having a really weird name. I know, is that I love it. Pretty much put it in the internet, and it spits out exactly where I am. You are officially the first Dominique. And the only one that I've ever met. I love it. Um, it's true. So I've never met another one. How do you spell it? So it's D-O-M-I-N-E-Y? Yep. D-O-M-I-N-E-Y. D-R-E-W. Domini Drew. Okay. And, uh, and I'm on Insta there. And you can DM me the word George. And I will I'll offer you a free call. I love it. And you have her permission to slide into her DMs. So mm-hmm. – my wife gives you permission to slide in mine's D slide into hers. So DM Domini on Instagram. It's at Domini Drew, uh, George, and she'll jump on a call with you, which got taken a page right out of my playbook. I love you for that one. I'm so, <laughs> so incredibly excited that you said that. Um, oh, that makes me so happy. Cause that was just intuitive. Yeah. Nope. Aww. That's, that's the way I play business. So that's, that's what I do. I love that. And so for, for those listening, here's what I'll say. If you are this far into the show and you are still listening Uh, the universe is guiding you with at least taking a chance and leaning into that bucket to see what possibilities are there. And so use it. Listen to her podcast, check out her social, consumer content, shoot her a DM, 
and uh, and let's really take this to the next level. But Domini, I uh, I'm just honored. I'm humbled. I'm grateful. I'm excited. Uh, this turned into a soul filling gift for me for today. Um, this was on my schedule as an interview. And of course you made it through that lens and then this turned into a gift for me. And so, um, I smiled, I laughed, it felt like 10 minutes to me. Um, and so I just wanted to thank you for co-creating that experience, for showing up in your power, all radiant, letting me talk, sharing, like just being in the flow with me. This was, uh, one of the most enjoyable conversations I've had. I'm so, so, so glad to hear it. To me, the same. Effortless. You're, you're easy. You're present. You're, you're there. You're playing the game. It's easy to relate because you're playing the game. Yeah. And, and, and I'll say this as a thank you for me and the millions of entrepreneurs I talk to every year. Just thank you for doing the work. Like, thank you for being the light, for standing in it, for... Uh, what I know to be true and, and very much going against the grain of what people will say. And thank you for holding that belief and standing in that belief for what truly fucking matters. Like I see you, I will support you. I, I feel it like you're, you're, you're a real one. And so I just want you to know that like the 20 years is very much seen and felt and it, and it feels effortless. And so thank you for doing the work and thank you for standing for people's possibilities. It's important work and uh, I will support you any way that I can. Mm. Oh, that felt so good. That was nourishing. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, I feel so seen. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And words of affirmations is my numero uno. So it's my first Mm. one I give away. Luckily, I love giving. Love it. So Love it. All right. Beautiful at it. For everybody listening, uh, you probably needed a bathroom break in this one. This might have been a two-dayer or a three-dayer. But either way, we have made it to the end and we will land the plane. I'm sure this is not the last. Thank you for hanging in. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And even if you didn't make it to this point and you fast forward to this point, just rewind for like four minutes so you can get the golden nugget of where to find Domini. But um, I appreciate it. I'm sure this won't be the last time. I'm sure she'll end up sprinkling her magic at one of our events or seeing our ecosystem somehow. But other than that... We're going to officially wrap the show today because I have a lot more to get done and I would do this for like six hours. So we're going to call (laughs) this one Landed Bode Containerized. So that's what we got for today. Uh, And to echo what Domini said, uh, that tattoo wisdom on the soul is something to really take through. But remember when you listen to these episodes, this isn't about everything. It's what's the one thing? What's the one thing I heard today? What's the one thing I felt today? What's the one distinction I found and grabbing that thing and putting it into practice immediately and then coming back and getting another one. But with these, this incremental improvement and these base hits in your business come from picking up the one thing from each of these incredible people. And today was loaded with about 160 things. And so there's plenty for you to choose from at the buffet of the Mind of George show with Domini today. And so the most important thing for me is that you pick one and you put it into practice. And maybe you don't want to get on a call with Domini or don't need to, I guarantee you she would love to hear the one thing you took and put into practice and DM her and let her know, I tried this or this was huge or this helped me feel this and and understand that people like Domini and myself are committed to your greatness and, and helping. And so we will meet you there. So grab something today, put it into practice and then get right back into work. And so we're going to wrap this one with a pretty bow, a beautiful, beautiful episode. So remember most importantly, that relationships will always beat algorithms, especially the one with yourself. So we will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. 
Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.